0: TV sunset shit don't change every since we was on I dreamed it
1: all ever it since outside. I was on they said I won't be hey everyone Dave and Jeff another podcast two days that after cameo? the Super Bowl One. What the cameo? No, no you know who that is. That do you know who that is? Or are no. you joking? The reason I played that one now, that's post Malone. Because if you watch baseball games, it seems like at least three guys in every team use that as their walk-up song. Shit. It goes all the time. And now that football season's over, and nobody seems to give a shit about college basketball. I'm like, we're all ready for baseball season.
2: Yeah, well, that song's shit. That's not <laughs> going You know, the key <laughs> is be good. Here's here's a little fucking free coaching for you right now, Coach oh, oh of the Cow Bears. Yeah. The fucking key is being good coming out of the gate. When you're fucking playing Gimme Shelter, people are like, "Fuck, I want to listen to that." When you play that fucking shit.
1: You don't think Leisure Bolt's going to like that one? That fucking old fossil. <laughs> that poor guy.
2: I love that son of a bitch. Uh, look, we could do sports talk, but that's what the shit is you hear on 1360 and it's shit. They they fake everything. Everything's fake. Fuck that. <laughs> Why you come back to this podcast, I really have no idea. But I think people come back because we get to do shit that nobody else does. And tonight, uh, they had it on 48 Hours the other night. We tape every episode of 48 Hours in my house. We were gone on Saturday night. Uh, We had gone to the Clipper game, and it didn't tape. Really?
1: Do you want me to tell you how it ended? What, 48 hours? 40 hours well, always ends with the guy that you kind of start rooting for. Keith he never Morrison? makes it. No, nah, he never it, makes it. It always
2: goes bad. No, but Dave, here was 48 hours this yeah. past Saturday night. They have reopened. The L.A. Sheriff's Department has reopened the case regarding the death of Natalie Wood. Good. I am fascinated
1: by this. Me too. That's funny you say that. Well, that's why we're and fucking I, doing
2: this podcast. And you tonight. and I were little
1: kids when this happened. This happened in 1981. I believe it's Night- Thanksgiving uh, weekend, right? All right.
2: So let's let's just go back from the start. Okay. And I had a great LA Times article on like a fucking dink I left it in the car. And I know it's 11 feet away, but fuck it. We're just going to wing it. <laughs> 1981. Catalina. Dave, yeah. let me start by asking you this. Have you ever been to Catalina? I haven't been to Catalina. I have been to Catalina, okay. so I'm an expert because I've been there twice. In have my- seen Step Brothers, though. Well oh, yeah, fuck yeah. Okay. okay, you're good. Um, the boat is how good are you? Name the boat. I don't know the boat. God, fuck, <laughs> fucking doing this show with the most unfucking prepared guy in the history of podcast. Well, you just
1: threw it right on me. I feel like I'm doing a pop quiz.
2: Well, you said you fucking are fascinated I'm by the fast- story. It's well, not that. It's
1: the fucking boat. The minnow, the, the minnow. Not the minnow, you dick. What was it? The splinter.
2: The splint. Not the splinter. What did you say? You. <laughs> What did you say? <laughs> you don't want a wooden boat That's what I'm about to say. That's the worst
1: name ever for a the boat. The
2: Splendor. Okay. Like Splendor in the grass. So now on this boat, you have a 43-year-old. Okay, year hold old. on. i
1: got to ask you questions on the way. The My Splendor, God. is it owned by Robert Wagner or is it leased? How, how, they rented it? What happened?
2: Yeah, that's a good question. I believe they were they leased it.
1: Okay. Although now I think he owned it. I'm going to go with he owned it.
2: (laughs) Okay. (laughs) So you have Robert Wagner, 43-year-old Natalie Wood, which is amazing. God, she looked fantastic, too. And Christopher Walken on this boat. Which is bizarre. Walken and Natalie Wood had just made a movie. If I had brought the LA Times article in, I would be able to reference it. But fuck it. That's what Google's for. They have just been in a movie. The story has always been that there is drinking going on on the boat. Of course. Now, Dave, let me catch you up real quick on Catalina and anybody else who's, who's never been out there. You used to be able to go from Oceanside. You can't. You have to go from Long Beach. And it's, a I don't know, an hour and a half boat ride out. It is a island. And as you come in, there are restaurants and a few shops and a couple little, maybe one hotel, and the one thing to do is rent a golf cart. And you can rent a golf cart and kind of drive around the island, and that is really it. They call it Avalon right there, right? You can see some old history, um, different places, but it is not, God, it's not El Cajon. Okay. I mean, it is not a, a nightlife place. It is a place where you go during the day, and everything at sunset when that last boat leaves... Calms down a lot. There's and especially in nineteen eighty one. It's a little different now, but going back to eighty one, there was even less things to do. During the day, sure, come hang out. I mention that because now at night you're on this boat, and we all know we've all been by the water in November. It's cold. Yeah. It's chilly. It feels like a San Francisco summer night. That is the situation for walking. Wagner and Natalie Wood. They yep. are drinking. They have well, she hadn't. But Wagner and Walken have both said that they were under the influence. An argument develops. Yep. Between Wagner and Walken. What Wagner has said was the argument developed because Walken made the comment that he believed Natalie Wood needed to commit more time to her career, saying she's a wonderful actress. And she's not doing enough, and she is a beloved actress. And this, for whatever reason, set off R.J. (laughs) That's what his friends call him. (laughs) Now, let me just go right there for a second. If you're Robert Wagner, and at that time, dude, you are a big-time, prime-time star with heart-to-heart.
1: Stephanie Powers,
2: yep. Yep, you are a beloved Hollywood couple, right, because of your history. If somebody is encouraging your wife, who is beautiful and talented, that she needs to do more
1: acting, yeah, I don't know what the age of their kids were at that point, but if she's forty-three, she had a kid in nineteen seventy with. Okay, now look, she was married to Robert Wagner first, mm-hmm. then she divorced him, mm-hmm. then she married a guy named Richard Gregson. Okay, who's this fucking? He guy? was like a director. I'd like or to some talk shit. to him. Married him for like two years. Had a, had a daughter in nineteen seventy. Okay, seven. okay, so 13-year-old okay. kid. And, okay. and, and so, well, no, at the time, she was 10 or oh, 11, yeah, 11 years 11. old. 11, 11 years sure. Old. I keep thinking 83. Okay. You're right, 81. Okay, so then she remarried Robert Wagner in 1972. That fucking murder. He's <laughs> 88 years old. You know that? 88. Yeah. So now,
2: Wagner and Walken, we know all this. They get into an argument. The story is that Natalie Wood is upset by this and goes off into her room. Wagner, walking, continue the argue, continue to drink, whatever. Not yeah. Nothing physical, just a verbal confrontation. Yeah,
1: she, she checked into her room. She was the first one to go to sleep that night, they said. Or check in, or check in, check in for the night is what they said. Yeah, okay. into her room yeah. on the Splendor. Or I'm sure they have, you know, those boats aren't that big. They said it was at the end of the boat, is what I remember. Okay. I remember I saw a movie years ago, maybe 20 years ago. I don't know how long ago. Yeah.
2: Now, what Wagner claims is that they go to the end of the boat. Now the argument has calmed down. And all of a sudden, the dinghy is missing, and she's gone, and nobody knows what happens. And the next thing you know, she has passed away, and they find her floating in the water. But a couple of things. Number one, I just said, when you think about Catalina at night, it is not Main Street, yeah. man. There is no nowhere really to go. And especially on the end of the island where they were, there's really nothing going on. And especially at night, and I understand it gets dark earlier in the fall, Yeah, where was she going? Then... The other thing that they say is she didn't like the water. No and she's, she didn't like that dinghy.
1: Yeah, in the in the in the movie was her whole life. It was kinda like La Bamba, where he always had that fear of dying yeah. in a plane crash that she always told her mother she was afraid of the water and was afraid she was gonna drown.
2: So now the the feeling has always been since nineteen eighty one that she for thirty six years that it was an accident. That she slipped, she fell, she hit her head.
1: And drowned. The story Christopher Walken told to uh, Playboy magazine okay. back in 1997 was that he believed she left her room because that dinghy was knocking against the boat to yes. push it away. And Wagner
2: says that too. Yeah. That it was keeping her up. Yeah. And and you hear that. But now all of a sudden, there's always been a feeling that that was not the case. People yeah. that were close to her, including her sister Lana Wood, always questioned whether or not that was the case. And now we find out that the L.A. Sheriff's Department, going back to 2011, had re-looked at this 30 years later. And now, because time is running out and they need to move quick, they have named Robert Wagner a person of interest in the death of Natalie Wood. Yeah. Now, when you hear that, Everybody, I would think, if you've paid attention to this story, and there's something about Hollywood scandal that's better than any of other course. scandal. Yes. It's insane, right? Yeah. It's the Menendez brothers. It's Tupac. S- Sal Mineo. It's Tupac.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well Tupac's Vegas. But but Yeah, but you know what I mean? The, but everyone wants to know who killed Tupac. Yeah.
2: And when and, shit happens and who goes killed Biggie. At, yeah, when shit happens in Hollywood, yep. it's even more so. And in this case, Catalina. So, right now, Robert Wagner is 87 years old. going be 88 on February 10th. Dave, what do you think is going through his mind right now? Because he has been a little quiet on the whole thing, right? <laughs> yes. He's been incredibly... Look, man, your wife dies
1: under suspicious... You think? I mean, here's the deal. Let's go back to 1981. Uh-huh. When she's missing, and people realize she's missing on the boat. Yeah. Robert Wagner pours himself a scotch and says, well, let's give it some time and see if she comes back. Well, where the fuck is she coming back from? (laughs) That's my point. You're on a boat. You know, you got to think, because you said the time of the year, it got dark probably by 4.30. Yeah. So where the fuck is she coming back from? She wasn't shopping. Yeah. So what's going on? So what do you mean? You're going to pour yourself a scotch and say, let's give it 90 minutes before we call the authorities. Because that's what happened. He should have been a person of interest a long time ago. This is ridiculous that it's taken so long. Do
2: you think... Do you... Put it... Let me ask it this way. Yeah. Do you think he's responsible for it? Or do you think he knows more than he said, and because he was scared, he didn't say anything? In other words, do you think he's directly responsible? Your opinion.
1: Yeah. Just your opinion. Everybody is entitled to their opinion. I think everybody... Would wonder even if they all came back fine, okay, to Los Angeles and it was all said and done. They had a great weekend. She didn't pass away. How many people are saying, "What the fuck are you doing, inviting Christopher Walken on the boat with you?" Yeah, are you crazy? Why would you bring another guy that you had a love interest with in a movie just recently? Yeah, uh, as a guest. I mean, seriously, you know. And so yeah. Christopher Walken has the same story. I believe Christopher Walken probably doesn't know anything because he's not a person of interest. But oh, I yeah. think he knows. I think he knows a lot. Do you think he knows a lot? Okay. Sure. We want to believe something dirty happened. We don't want to believe this pretty girl just fell in the water and drowned. We want to believe there's some kind of mischief that that happened there. And his attitude seems so strange. If your wife falls in the water, you're going let's call nine one one as fast as we can. We aren't pouring ourselves a scotch and (laughs) waiting ninety minutes.
2: Yeah, I think it's insane. Like my feeling is, I think something happened. Yes, but I don't think the intent was obviously. I don't even know that his intent was to hurt her, much less kill her. And I think when you're out there and you're on the boat yep. and you're loaded up, you're juiced up a little bit, and you don't have any way to cover it up. And I, I think, I mean, the the guy who's the captain of the boat, yeah. and look, you see him, he looks like he's got some fucking issues too going on. <laughs> this guy, you go, holy shit. Uh, All weathered. Yeah. You know, it looks like Captain
1: Ron. Is he still alive, that guy? Yeah. Okay, because they said people are dropping dead that are witnesses. That's why they need to hurry this up.
2: And that's what the... Okay, now this is the other weird thing. Now, the L.A. Sheriff's Department has named Robert Wagner a person of interest. Yeah. Because they're saying now, Dave, that they've heard from two witnesses that claim that the they heard voices out on the back of the Splendor, and they identified the voices as Robert Wagner and Natalie Wood. Okay. Now, I would say this to you. A, where have you been for 36 yes. years? And B, I understand, I think most of us, because he's very distinct, and like I said, he was in Heart to Heart at the time, I think we could pick out Robert Wagner's voice. Of course. you're telling me you picked out Natalie Wood's voice too. yeah. And you picked it out on a winter night while they're on a boat. Where are you? How close are you to this boat? Because I've been on boats and when you're on boats, you are hearing things, what she talked about. You are hearing dinghies hit the side of the boat. There is wind going on. There are other noises going on so that when you, it is not a perfectly calm situation for the most part at any time with the water and now all of a sudden you you're, you're going to reopen this case based on the fact that they now 36 years later are ready to admit they heard
1: voices that to me seems shaky it does seem it does it's funny, as the guys, as you said, the voices that you hear, I think most people could pick up Robert Wagner's voice because nobody talks like that. Yeah, right. Two, nobody talks like Christopher Walken. So if Christopher Walken was the one who was having the conversation, you would have figured that, too, because you're going, I try to fall asleep, but I wanted to punch somebody in the face right, because but- Walken driving me crazy. And then if there's one female, then it's obviously Natalie Wood.
2: But Walken... Is much different than Walk in 2018. Yeah. How much
1: did... and Deer Hunter was driving me crazy in the 70s. True.
2: True. But but that was, again, uh, such an intense movie that even today, like Deer Hunter, I don't know, do they ever show it on HBO? They do, all
1: the time. It was just on last week. No De- kid. Deer Hunter, by the way, uh, completely off topic. Overrated.
2: Yeah, completely. Jeez, five
1: stars. Come on.
2: Way too. Anything with John Savage is overrated. He's a little fucking. He's a little fucking wimp. Um, but that's for another show. <laughs> that's um, show. <laughs> I I want, I think right now, yeah, I I think he knows something. But I think it's too little too late. Yeah, and right. I think at this point, when a guy's 87 years old, he has to live with it. Right? He has yeah. to live with the burden of knowing whatever he knows about that. And say what you want. I'm going to go ahead and give him the benefit of the doubt that he was in love with his wife. Now, I know he married Joe St. John, however quick after that. I'm sure if I'm Natalie Wood's family, I'm like, fuck that. That that moved on pretty quick. But I'm I'm going to go ahead and give an 87-year-old man who's fucking uh, four years younger than my friend Leisure Bolt... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt that he lives yeah. with the burden of, I'm just going to say knowing what he knows, not even saying knowing what he did. I'll just say knowing what he knows. I think it's a shitty thing to do.
1: Okay, here's the deal. Again, he's going to be 88 this weekend. What are you going to okay. fucking
2: send him to San Quentin? That's what I'm
1: saying. What are you going to do with the guy that's 88? Does we want to see him cuffed and sent to, to prison. Uh, people do. Yeah, people do. They want him to do the perp yeah. walk. <laughs> they do. They, they want it. It comes down to so many guys, as we've seen recently, where they almost made it to the finish line of life mm-hmm. before they died, and then all of a sudden, that's what you're known for. Like Joe Paterno, right? Yeah. Ah, man. Joe Pa, the greatest guy ever. Oh, that's weird. That statue's coming right down, and nobody likes to talk about Joe Pa. But you look at Robert Wagner. You're right. They want to see him do that walk. And by the time it's all said and done, and there's a the court cases and everything, he's going to be in his 90s. Yeah, uh, see,
2: I, I think, Dave, two things that happened he still doing commercials for Fletcher Jones and Mercedes? No, he he was doing for uh, Mercedes-Benz of Escondido. Oh, that's
1: right. Jesus, Angela good connection. Damn it, Angela.
2: Yeah. Jesus. Um, see, man, I look at two guys like Robert Blake. I like that you laugh at your own joke. You <laughs> no, I'm just
1: right? laughing that I'm like, this fucking guy can't catch a break.
2: Okay, but I'll give you two guys, Robert Blake and O.J., Robert yeah. Blake and OJ are two guys that were let go but live in prison every day. They, 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 OJ completely. OJ can't get away from anything because he, he's trying to live a normal life and he can't. I mean, he obviously went to jail in Vegas for a long time. But look at Robert Blake, right? Robert Blake, anywhere he goes, he's known as the guy who killed his wife yeah, and got right. away with it. That's true. He went back to the restaurant. He went back to Vitiello's to get his gun. Yeah. <laughs> nah, he didn't do anything. Get him out of here. Get him out of here. Do you
1: guys have a lost and found section? I left my gun.
2: But I, I having been out there, the problem is too for me. Yeah. You can't get to the area where they were. They weren't right in Avalon, which is the main area right up front. They were kind of on the back side of the island where the boat was, where the splendor was, because you want to be able... I was at the Menendez house. My one fucking son's obsessed with the Menendez brothers. So anytime Scary. we're in L.A., yeah, we're back in front of the Menendez house, 722 Elm, right in Beverly Hills. Is that right? hmm And you can go right there, and he will say to me all the time, he loves it, he goes, if you pull up right there, we can see the room where it happened. That's and insane. I have to admit... I fucking slow down. <laughs> I take a picture. Dude, you're insane. You you're know, insane. Hey, nope. okay, hold
1: on. You gotta, you gotta refresh my memory because I lived in Beverly Hills for a long time. Uh huh. Elm, how close is that to like Pico and Olympic?
2: No, no, no. we're going back into we're going back down into Beverly Hills.
1: Yeah, I understand.
2: Yeah, so it's down um I gotta think about Pico. Okay, so runs. it goes
1: Pico, Olympic, and Wilshire. Going east west
2: going east west
1: and i believe um, elm goes north south
2: yeah elm goes north south so it would intersect that okay. where where you're going is is you're going east on sunset okay coming out of beverly hills going into west Hollywood. got it when you're going there and you come up to elm you're going to take a right on elm and it's through one and then it's right there okay but here here's why it's it's not fucked up It's not fucked up. They're
1: going to have the craziest memories.
2: Yeah. You just nailed it. Yeah. But they're going to have the craziest memories. But if I get fucking hit by a bus tomorrow, my sons will die with memories of of (laughs) shit, memorable shit that they did with their dad. I bring it up because it's a congratulations to our friend Stevie Woods. Yeah. Who tonight, 2 6, by the way, Van McElroy's number. There you go. Very cool. Bo Lauren Woods, born today. And the thing is, for Steve, there will never be another day in his life where he's not Bo's dad. Yep. And at some point, part of his identity, maybe a majority, a major part of his identity, will be being Bo's dad. I like that. I like when I go to my kid's school— and it's not anything about sports or radio or podcast yeah. or anything else. It's just, hey, Jack and Cade's dad, I like that. Yeah. And I think Steve's going to love that too. Everything changes today. And I told him tonight in a message, every day gets better than the next. But for me, I don't have any problem with that because my me and my kids have been to Clipper games together, movies together, but we have done crazy shit together. Yeah, we have been to Marvin Gaye's house. We have been to the <laughs> Menendez brother
1: house, but what grave sites have you been to?
2: Uh, oh
1: shit! Uh, have you seen Carrie Mar- Fisher? really? Marilyn Monroe? Have you we didn't go to that? the no? Westwood
2: one. Okay. We haven't been to the Westwood one, but we went and saw Jerry Buffs. Okay. Um, but Carrie Fisher, but that shit, but also what is much more going to tell this story is the music that we listen to in the car. And my son's now at age 10, not only have an appreciation for Sam cook, but they have an appreciation for the beach boys and they like buddy Holly. Yeah. Um, but they like them
1: through dead man's curve.
2: Uh, no, i have not, thank God. <laughs> You're close, you might as well. Yeah, shit, maybe I have. Yeah. I think that's right on Sunset, yeah, right? Yeah, it is. Right by Westwood? Yeah. Is you coming up to the 405? Oh, fuck, we're on it all the time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we, we go that way all the time. Yeah. But it's, so yeah, they've been to OJ's house, Nicole's house, but they <laughs> understand the history of... Uh, what Murray Wilson was yeah. to Brian Wilson. And yeah. I like that they know that because they learned it from me.
1: Yep. I'm dying to go to a show and tell that your kids have to present. Be fucking great. <laughs>
0: Be great. Right?
2: Because, shit, man, it's, it's what David Spade said yeah. in his stand-up 20 years ago, and it's always registered with me, and it even registers more. He said that his dad would show up once a year at Christmas and bring him a Nerf ball. And he's like, oh, thanks, Dad. You're my hero again. You know? <laughs> Fuck it, man. You got to be there every day. Stevie Woods will be there every day. And Bo's, uh, Bo's in good hands with Stevie. And, and you've taken
1: your kids by O.J.'s, right? Yeah, just you've done, uh, you've done, been uh, to O.J.? Uh, uh, both of them, though, right? Nicole, O.J., the whole deal? Yeah,
2: done all that Jesus, shit. Jesus,
1: dude. You're, you know what's funny, man? The job that you should have, okay? Graveline tours? Dude, my buddy did it. My yeah. buddy graduated from San Diego State, moved to L.A. It was an all-cash business. Yeah. Bought a bus, and he just gives tours. Be great.
2: Yeah. Be great I'll fucking hang out. I'll live with Lisa Ann. Yeah. I'll be your traveling You're DJ. right there. Be great. Who else do I live with? <laughs> Kay Parker? Genie <laughs> Pepper?
1: Herschel Savage. I'm oh. not living with that asshole. I thought you just said. <laughs> well, I need him hanging around with. <laughs> out, of your, out of all the savages, isn't Herschel Savage your favorite? This Fred uh, Savage? Yeah, there's Ben the, the, Savage. The, <laughs> Herschel Savage is the most watched easily. Yeah, he'd probably
2: be the one guy. Yeah, (laughs) he'd probably, if I had to fucking ride a bus to El Centro with one of those three savage dicks, Ben would be last, because I can't stand guys with an afro. (laughs) I can't stand it. Fred is a reluctant second, because I can't think of anybody. Am I missing anybody? I thought you just said Savage from Deer Hunter. (laughs) John Savage, he's a fucking puss he's 4 i i'm not right with him how oh, we never worked with anybody in radio yeah. named savage yeah. hey i'm hey it's dirk savage <laughs> coming up tomorrow on the savage and wood show
1: what was the guy that hosted the show on uh on kfmb at night it was out of san francisco oh that
2: fucking ass michael savage yeah i would not i would not i'd beat the fucking dog shit out of that guy, lefty um, but I it, to me this is what I would tell any yeah. parent: make try strive to make memories with your kids. Yeah, because that's going to be the impact. Teach them music, right? Yeah. Watch movies with them, talk to them, listen to them, do those kind of things. But we've been to Clipper Games, WWE. Yeah. right. Uh, it's all that shit. But but yeah, fuck it. When I was a kid. My mom, we would do the funniest thing. I got the biggest kick out of this when I was a kid. We would drive down to downtown Minneapolis, yeah, and we would stay in the car. But in downtown Minneapolis, in the in the at that time, there was all kinds of crazy shit going on on a Saturday night, and we would just go down and People Watch, yeah, and you could see hookers and pimps and crazy cars and and uh, young kids going into bars. Yeah, you know what I mean. Uh, fuck! It was great, and, and we <laughs> just go to the bars. Well, you know what I mean. I, kind of, I don't. I don't mean like yeah, young, you, you know, like twenty one, twenty two. Yeah. And uh, but the city was lit up, man. Yeah. The city was lit up. All the lights were going, and we would just drive. And that's that's what I what my sons and I do. Yeah. Not here so much, but we'll do it in L.A. And yeah. what I always what they'll always do is kind of the same thing. They'll have a a blanket, a pillow, yeah, like a Chris Jericho, right? Some fucking wrestling action figures, Stone Cold Steve Austin, yeah, and uh, and we always kind of look for the cool drive through L.A. and and it's great too, like right after sunset to go through, go Sunset Boulevard. I like going Sunset heading east, um, coming out of Beverly Hills, swinging down by the old Tower Records, Chateau Marmont up, and then coming back, Hollywood Boulevard, yeah. kind of by the Pantages, bringing it all the way down by Chinese Theater, swinging back to Sunset, coming back down and getting that end, and then a quick drive through Beverly Hills to see Rodeo at night, Yeah, and my kids fucking love it. Yeah, I do too. I uh, do. They right? love, love it, it, man, and we always, Dave, to me, it's always what I'm obsessed with is the soundtrack that we have playing. The soundtrack to these trips is, um yeah, it's great.
1: You know, it's so funny, man. It's uh, it, My wife will not go to, like, L.A. for a weekend. She's just not an L.A. person at I, all. I don't get she and doesn't nothing like against it. Rita. And, and she, I love she, it. Well, she lived there for a while. She was a flight attendant mm-hmm. for Delta, and she hated, she lived had an apartment in Beverly Hills. She would take La Siena go all the way to LAX, mm-hmm. get on a plane and be on a plane for 13 hours to Japan. And she had, that was her flight. Oh, shit. And she said the flight was something else because back in the day you could smoke, and the smell oh, of smoke God. and gasoline and just for thirteen hours drove her crazy. She hated it, and I would say to her all the time, "I go, let's go to L.A. for the weekend. Let's go mm-hmm. to Santa Monica. Let's get a hotel in Santa Monica. Let's walk the pier. Let's go to all the places you just mentioned." Yeah, no desire to go. When you talk about memories with your kids, it's funny. My my two most embarrassing memories with my kids, and it's my youngest one's always the one involved is I took my my wife was out of town I take my older son and my younger son to an angels game okay and what think, year is this I'm trying to think the ages I think are 18 and 13 all right okay good and we're driving through the parking lot and a guy yells at me says I'm going too fast through the parking lot oh so one of my kids fuck you
2: yeah <laughs> you shit. Know?
1: now fuck. this guy is dead sprinting okay because he knows I'm <laughs> now he knows I'm gonna hit traffic okay so he's dead sprinting and then I was like, God, oh, dude, you made a big mistake. Because as soon as he gets out, I'm 6'3". My older son passed me at 6'3". A long time ago. So he's 6'6". And then my 13-year-old son is is 6'3". Also, but he's big. I mean, he's 6'3", yeah. 300 pounds. He looks like uh, an offensive lineman in the NFL. Always has been a big kid. We get out of the car and we start going. And I'm like, we get back in the car and I just look at my boys. I'm like, fuck. I go, your mom's out of town. And the three of us just got in a fight in the parking lot. What the fuck are we doing? You know what I mean? It was, it was, it was, it was, yeah. it was cool because nobody got hurt on our side. Yeah. But I was like, that's we're never doing that again. That was yeah. the dumbest thing we could have done. And then a few years ago, I'm in uh, Arizona with the USA Championships, and my younger son goes and beats up four kids during the game. It okay? goes into the bullpen and beats up four pitchers. And then after the game, I get in a fight with the coach, and we're driving back from Arizona, and I just look at him, and I went, "What the fuck is wrong with us?" I yeah, go I we, think a lot of people are yeah. asking that right now. And I, and I
2: like he, that I'm the idiot for bringing yeah. him by the fucking uh, oh, Menendez no.
1: house. But him and I can't keep our tempers under control yeah. we're, when we're fighting, and I just said, "Fuck, man, we got to stop doing this." And it was, it was just ridiculous that you know the only people fighting are the guys with the last name Palais. No one else is fighting but yeah. us. And here I'm going for coaches. He's beating up kids. And I just looked at him as said, do. We got to stop this shit before someone ends up in jail. This is crazy. And I go, that's going to be my kid's childhood memory. Yeah, that'll be great. My dad and I used to fight together against that'll other people. Yeah. <laughs>
2: well, we'll go fucking visit him at Donovan. <laughs> he might be in Donovan. <laughs> but he's it's fucking ridiculous.
1: hanging out down there. We'll bring him smokes. Jesus. My older son's the smartest one going. He doesn't like to get involved. And I said, be like more like your mom. Don't get involved. It's not the smartest. Well, I was just going to ask. Do you think the issues come more from your side or your wife's side? Oh, I, it's, well, it's funny you say that. My wife's uh, oldest brother has a crazy temper. Yeah. He used to See, play, I, I used to play in the NFL. He said, <laughs> yeah. used to play in the play pro football. And He's the guy that will rip off your mirror and throw it at you and then beat the shit out of you. He's he's crazy.
0: Yeah, I I they yeah.
1: I I blame her. I so. get it from my mom. My dad never had a temper. My mom has no. a crazy temper. Yeah. It's That's crazy it. shit. It is crazy shit. But I remember man at 37 saying to myself one time when it, when uh, the police had to be called and said during a game and I mm-hmm. just said, uh, "Dude, I'm not doing this. I don't want to ever get arrested in front of my kids or the kids I coach. I don't want to <laughs> do that." I got I, I to gotta calm down on that stupid shit. But yeah. that's funny. When you talk about memories, I guarantee that's going to be one of those things when I die. They're going to sit there and tell the story about, oh, man, my dad and I used to fucking fight people in parking lots. It was ridiculous. It's embarrassing as hell. We'll be like, holy fuck. Yeah. <laughs> oh, fucking. Hey, thanks for that story. Why don't you holy go take fuck. your seat? Well, I'm trying to think about great memories we have. But my Who's kids gonna, do like L.A. They do like going to L.A. L.A. is great. Who's going to speak at your You funeral? are. You are. Oh, fuck. You're never sick. I'm easily yeah. going to die before you. Yeah. (laughs) All
2: right. Let me see right
1: here. You tell great stories. I've thought about it for years. It better be you. Yeah. It doesn't have to be a tribute show. I expect a podcast to jump right in.
2: Here's going to be good. I'm going to have Brian Wilson speak at your funeral. Mike Shepard. Oh, Christ. Uh, Who else? Craig Elston. What if I have Lisa Ann show up? Dude, that'd be great. And I'll just tell her, listen, you just have to do me one favor. Okay? You just have to do me one favor. Yeah. Just tell everybody here at this thing, and I'm going to take you out to a nice dinner. We're going to go to the fucking uh, Turf Club. You just tell everybody here that you've been fucking Dave for 30 years. Oh,
1: Jesus. For <laughs> 30 it. years.
2: For 30 years. You know, the one thing I want to say, and call him David, too, because it'll be, the, <laughs> oh, it'll be great. It. Yeah. But because he's sitting somewhere in the front <laughs> yeah. row. And right here. Oh, what a pleasure to have with us. This is a longtime friend of Dave's, uh, Lisa Ann. Come on up. <laughs> Hi, Lisa. You know, I just want to say that David and I. Oh, my God. Oh my every God. time he said he was going to a baseball tournament. <laughs> every time. Every time. He was taking Jesus.
1: me all right you're to out. the
2: Scania Motel in Oceanside, <laughs> and we were Fucking with the window open. Oh, Jesus, Lisa. And sit down. (laughs) Sit down. You silly kid. That goddamn funeral. As a noticeable
1: gasp overtakes the room.
2: That'll be great.
1: Oh, my gosh. And
2: joining us next. Tough act to follow right there. (laughs) Tough act to follow. Will be the great Coach Kintero. Well, I knew Dave for a long time, Dave. Thanks, Coach. (laughs) Thank you, John.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Go ahead. Hang on. One other thing, too. Yeah, I do want to get back to Natalie because I have one thing to bring up We'll get back to it, okay? So the thing is, let
2: me point this out real quick. Yeah. There's a lot of times when we do this. First off, my day starts every day at about 5.45. So what time is it right now? It's uh, 9.23. All right. It's been a long day. Yeah. There's a lot of times that I tend to forget that this fucking thing's being recorded. <laughs> so when Dave tweets out today, the last 10 minutes of this show, Jeff burns every bridge. I go, fuck, what? Did you go back and listen? So I listened to it. It's so great. It. I
1: listened to it. I stand by everything I said. Yeah, I said, know you did. That's but, why I retweeted it. I, I, I'm not joking. I had 30-plus people reach out to me and say, those the way that show ended the last 10 minutes was the best ever.
2: But But let me make one thing perfectly clear to everybody who listened to that. Yeah. All of the guys that I called out are guys I really, really like and I respect. Yeah. I care about the business. It pisses me off when guys get lazy, whether they intend to or not. But I have a lot I like those guys and I respect those guys. A lot of them. Uh, and and really all of I don't know why the fuck I called Ben out. Like I'm like, I'm listening. And I'm <laughs> like, so fuck great. you. And I'm like, what the fuck did Ben so do? <laughs> because Ben's justn't a nice yeah. guy. Ben's nice. And you know what? I think in hindsight, like I think Troy Hirsch said that he would have he wanted it. To, because I, I said, oh, you know, some of you guys. Yeah. And I called Troy out. And I think actually Troy did say, we're fucking come here. Yep. We're going to play the game. So if I fuck up, I'll I'll be happy to come on and stand
1: corrected. Did I any think, of those guys reach out to you and no say, no. Okay, no okay, but yeah, I, knew I they wouldn't. But,
2: but I do think I, I fucked up in calling Troy up yeah. Because I think Troy actually said it. And here's the other guy who said it, which I had forgot about. I would have pointed out last night. Kaplan was fucking begging him, begging him, calling him out on Twitter, saying, come on, don't fucking go sit on on the um, station, on the charger station. Come in here. Um, And one other thing to clarify, I kept saying Nick, Nick, Nick. I wasn't talking about Hardwick when I was saying Nick last night. I was talking about Nick Canapa, who I fucking, you know, I love him like family. Yeah. But my point stays the same. There's, there's nothing accomplished when you say, well, I'm, I'm not going to play the game. I, I fucking buried them. They've, they're so fucking stupid, this organization. I was telling a friend of mine this tonight on Twitter. When they tweeted out that you could apply for a job as an internship. So I looked at it. Mike missed it. Mike grabbed it first. I actually saw it because I don't follow the Chargers. Costa did. And Costa, I was shocked, missed the joke. And he said, hey, this, that, or whatever. Did you see the fucking no, tweet? I didn't. All right, hang on. I'm okay. going to find it. Because... Go ahead. So the Chargers, my eyes are so fucking bad. The Chargers sent out a tweet tonight, or earlier today. Um, let's see. Here it is. Uh, what the fuck is it? <laughs> well, because... Here we go. Sorry, guys. Apologize. (laughs) Um, So uh, they had said that you could um, apply for an internship. Yeah. So you could apply for an internship with the Chargers. So I said, when you go into the interview, just make it clear with them that you don't want to talk about your past experiences, which is fucking with John and AG, AG, because that's exactly exactly what they said here. It's the same shit. I mean, just fuck with them. If they're that dumb... And they're going to walk into the jokes. Just fucking let them walk into the jokes. Yeah. So that's it. Yeah. So that's all I've got.
1: There, there you go. All right. So it's. Uh, I, thought it was, I thought it was funny as shit. I, but honestly, I went back and I listened. And I hate listening to shows we've done in the past because you start getting critical. It's different when we do this than we do a regular radio show. This is just you and I talking. This is a phone conversation you and I would have anyway if you were driving to work or driving home. You yeah. And I would be talking to each other. But I tell you, man, I laughed every goddamn ten seconds on, the, oh, yeah. on it. I thought it was hysterical. I thought it was really funny, really good. That's why I sent out. I said, if you miss Sunday's podcast, you got to go back and listen to it. You'll laugh your ass off all the way through. But then you were you were on fire, and so many people kept reaching out to me the way that one ended, and I keep thinking, did it in so many times, I forget what the hell were we even talking about. It was uh, it was it was hysterical to me. I, I get real quick about Natalie Wood. I want to wrap that up because I don't yeah. know what the hell is going to happen, but you're right. Robert Wagner. I think a lot of people like the excitement factor. Interesting thing about Natalie Wood, because people will remember her from a couple different places. Miracle mm-hmm. on 34th street, when she was a little kid, Yep. you know, remember him from West side store. Remember her from West side story. Yep. But, and she was so pretty and, you know, such a good looking girl. But at the same time, she says that when she was 10 years old, Robert Wagner told her when he was 18, that he was gonna marry her. And she Jesus said she'd marry him. Ten Christ. years old. How old are your kids? Uh, they're ten. Yeah. How fucking crazy is that? I mean that is so nuts to me that at ten years old, hey, that's the guy. That's the guy that's gonna drown me one day, Mom. You know? <laughs> Jesus. That's the guy that's
2: gonna hit me with a fucking yeah. shovel. <laughs> that's the way it's and push me go. overboard while fucking walking sits yeah. there and talks to his fucking socks. <laughs> uh brainstorm was yeah. the movie that they were that's in. That's right. I knew it's was supposed to be Yeah. Look, I, I, I get it. They should have fucking done this 25 years ago. I and mean, where the fuck was it? Yeah. 20, where the fuck are the witnesses, man? By that time, it's like, come on. See, David, and I think, too, I think it's disrespectful to the kids. I really do. At this point, just let
1: her memory go. 43 years old, that's a, that's insane. I mean, that but, is the whole thing, it was a crazy story. And look at now. I mean, back then you had, what, three channels? And now you yeah. have all the magazines and the teams. There's no way this thing would have lasted this long today if someone, <laughs> a ma- major famous star, passes away like that at 43 and everything is suspicious of how it happened.
2: Yeah, I think the whole thing would have been, I think you would have known. But I think, too, it, it goes back to the way we are as a society right now. And it may be the one time where the 24-hour news cycle works great because there is always somebody with a camera. Yep. And while it's intrusive and probably obnoxious to a lot of people, uh, I also think in some cases it may be good. But my son said to me the other night, it's funny man, we're talking about, you know, being a 10-year-old kid and and the memories and listening to music and everything. And so we are driving on Wilshire Boulevard and we we were coming from uh, Staples. Yeah. So we're coming from Staples, we had parked at 7th and Fig, which is a cool little like mall and food court and great little restaurants, places to eat in there. And we get out, and my wife and my, my other son had gone home. So I said to my son, Jack, I go, look, man, it's 3 o'clock. We got all day in L.A. Yeah. What do you want to do? And he goes, uh, I don't know. Let's go for a ride. And I go, you got it. And so we come out. At 7th, and we we head up, and next thing you know, we're at Wilshire Boulevard. I tell him, we're going to go left down Wilshire. So we go left down Wilshire, and we start heading west, and I showed him. It's not there anymore. It's been torn down, but where the Ambassador Hotel was, where Bobby Kennedy had been shot. Yeah. And just kind of that general area. I, that sucks. The Ambassador Hotel couldn't have been saved, not just because of the history of Robert Kennedy, but because what a historic hotel it was. And, and I, that, to me, is always one of those things where I go, fuck, how is that yeah. place not saved uh, in L.A.? But we're driving down, and next thing you know, we're kind of coming into L.A., and we get by the— by the
1: That's, Real quick, when did they tear that down? Do you know?
2: Yeah, I can tell you, because my sister—how about this shit? I, I love—like, I always joke about weasel tactics. Yeah. My sister is so fucking smart, she knew— that the ambassador hotel was being torn down. She started grinding phone calls to people that were there on the property. Even though the the rooms had been shut down, she continued to call and call and call and say, I would like to come in there as a photographer. And I have pictures that my sister took for me that are so fucking eerie, and I love wow. them, from the empty ambassador hotel the drained pool yeah um the ballroom where robert kennedy spoke my sister stood in the area where robert kennedy died but the lady who was running it the grounds the the landlord yeah said i won't allow you to take pictures in here really out of respect to the memory um my sister was cool she goes because i get where she's coming from it, it's the kid in the picture that we're all seeing of Justin Timberlake the other day where he's running up the steps and the guy's so busy looking at his phone, he misses the moment. Yeah. She had the moment. And I also believe, and I haven't talked to her about it, but I think she would say the same thing. As much as I would be fascinated to see the photo, I wasn't there. I would trade the opportunity to be where she was, to feel the energy, the chill that she said she got in that room. Um, over the idea of trying to get the perfect photo. You lose it. You lose the moment because you're so obsessed. And I think the lady actually did my sister a favor because my sister said it was incredibly moving to be there where it happened.
1: I think the Martin Luther King Museum is the motel where he yes. was murdered.
2: Yes, it, it, in Memphis. Yeah, And there was an unbelievable shot just on Martin Luther King Day of David Aldridge. When David Aldridge got there and a bunch of uh, people were there and he was one of them and he just broke down crying because he was there in the spot where it happened. Um, It was kind of the same thing. It's not a joke, man. I'm such a fan of Sam Cooke and his music, knowing that he wrote and he produced and he did so many things. Dave, we were joking the other day about George Jefferson, right, where I said a man of color. Go look at what Sam Cooke accomplished as an artist, as a man of color in the 60s. It's incredible what he did. But I'm also fascinated by how that story ends in a cheap motel at the end of Figueroa in L.A. And you go, fuck, man, what was going on where he he has no pants on? He gets shot by the lady who runs the motel. And it was a shitty little motel when he got killed. But you go, fuck, that place is gone now. And I understand you can't save a place no, just because so. Sam Cook got killed there. Yeah. But there was also a part when when you are when you're there that there's a you and I were in Dealey Plaza.
1: Yeah, I thought that was incredible.
2: And when you're there in Dealey Plaza and you stand and you look at the X and you see where Zapruder was and we've gone up to the sixth floor of the book
1: depository, it it it. it changes you oh it does and what jeff's talked about the x there's a there's a mark in the street yeah of where it was shot where jfk and so for my
2: sisters so my point being dave that when did the ambassador come down i believe it's come down god man time goes quick my kids are 10 within the last 15 years i mean that movie yeah. that thing they do or that thing you do the tom hanks movie yeah that that scene where they're at the hotel and the doorman and the restaurant and all that that's all the ambassador oh wow, i didn't realize that yeah that's the ambassador hotel but that see that that's why i always look at that and i go that's where shit needs to be saved like the historical society needs to step in and say fuck we got we got to save this man something something dramatic changed changed lives here happened in this room yeah it it should be Like the Ford Theater. People go to the Ford Theater in Washington, and you can sit there and go, God damn, that is where Abe Lincoln lost his life, on that balcony. And you look at it and you go, God, it's so small. Dealey Plaza's small. I I just think, I don't know. I I think when, when historic things happen, good, bad, and different, you have to strive to protect it and learn from it and teach for it. And I just... But it, it's real estate, prime real estate, Wilshire is, Boulevard in Angeles, L.A. Yes. But um, but anyways, I, I take my son, and we go by the the auto museum, the Peterson yeah. Museum. And I said to my son, I go, that's where, where Biggie was killed. I was in L.A. that night. Were you? I was in L.A. I had gone to visit my dad. Um, I took the late train home, and I came home. We drove right by there because my dad's like me. My dad loves— really good R&B music, like really good, but but so many different artists. And he knew that the, uh, was it the BET awards were going on that night?
1: Well, I don't know if it was the BET. I knew he really was releasing his album and the whole deal, and, he, and I think a lot of people thought but he was, was crazy for going out. But an award show going yeah, on there that night. And there was, and the fire department said you got, to, uh, you got to shut it down, too many people.
2: Well, my dad knew that that party was going on that night, and we drove by there yep. on the way to the train, and all of a sudden, I take the train home. I go in. I am tired. It's been a fun weekend in LA. I turn on CNN, and I go. I was fucking there three yeah, hours that's ago. That's crazy. And and he had been shot. But my my son said something to me that at age ten that I thought was pretty cool. We were talking about Biggie, and that the the movies coming on. I don't know if you saw Josh Dumel on the Super Bowl. But USA Network at the end of the month has a new show talking about the detectives that were investigating the connection between Tupac and Biggie's yep. murder. And I'm I'm fascinated yeah, by all right. that shit. And uh, so I said to my son, Jack, we had seen the poster. And I said, that's where it took place. That's where Biggie happened. And he goes, who did it? And I go, you know, they they never really have solved it. And he goes, man, that's got to be terrible for his parents. Yeah. He goes, "That's got to be terrible for his parents." He goes, "How long's that been?" I go, "God dang, Jack." I go, "That's 20, 20 years, right? 25, almost 25 years?" Yeah.
1: Close, let's see. 95? Was it 95 or 97? No, it wasn't. Okay. It was I know where I was living okay. at the 95. time. 95. Yeah, 93 was like 95. Years old, yeah. I mean, he's been dead longer than he was alive.
2: Yeah. I I was that K-
1: Who died first? Tupac or Tupac Biggie? Tupac died first. Okay, Tupac so- died and then Biggie died.
2: So maybe 96 – yeah, maybe 96 of the first part in 97. That could be – yeah. But it, it's been um, – because I was at KFNB in 95, and we sent a guy to that fight, the Bruce Seldon-Tyson fight that Tupac was at and got killed at. That's crazy. Yeah. that, that That's crazy. A lot of people And believe- he witnessed it. He witnessed yeah. it, that guy. I've told that story. The guy that we sent there from KFNB – Witnessed it and was the only guy who said there were twenty people standing on the corner. Cop said, "Who said saw something?" He goes, "I did." And everybody else was like, "Nope, I didn't see anything." I didn't see shit. And they were all standing right there, saw the whole thing. <laughs> but um, but yeah, just that whole shit. But I, I just think like like the
1: auto museum's not known for no for for Biggie getting killed out there. Well, it's funny you said that. I drove by it about about a year and a half ago. With my youngest son, we we're going to a Dodger game, but I said first I want to drive by here because I just watched the movie on TV. You know, yeah, you know, was it good? The movie is great, Notorious. Yeah, Notorious is great, and so it's uh, you know he's with his mom. We talk about his parents. The dad's mm-hmm. out of the picture, but it's the mom. Yeah, and um, and I said to my son, I said we're going to drive by here, and he didn't really have an interest. He's, he actually likes Biggie, just wasn't having an interest in going by. And I told him, I was stuck in traffic, and to my left, going the opposite direction, yeah. to stuck is Kobe Bryant in a black Range Rover. And I'm like, dude, Kobe Bryant's right next to us for like three minutes, just stuck there in traffic. But it was, I don't know, I find it fascinating, too. But I think you and I are sick. You know, I think a lot of people wouldn't find this fascinating. Like, I'm always interested to see when famous people, where they passed away. and how. I would go back to Dallas just to go to Dealey Plaza again because we didn't have a lot of time there to get the, the full experience. We're in and out in 45 minutes, and I think you need to be there for at least two hours. Oh, yeah.
2: One of the coolest things, and I talked about this over the summer. Uh, on the podcast was we used to go to Monterey every summer. I don't think we'll we'll probably do it anymore just because schedules have changed. But we went to Monterey every summer, and I never realized in our first couple trips how close we were. I mean, I knew the fairgrounds were right there, but yeah. I didn't realize that had been where the Monterey Pop Festival took place. I didn't realize that it was Janis Joplin and Eric Burden, Simon, Gar- Simon and Garfunkel, The Who, yeah. But it's where Jimi Hendrix set the guitar on fire. And it was, David's. I, I literally stayed as close to that stage as we are from your neighbor's house who had the Santa up until two weeks ago. <laughs> uh, I'm just telling you, that's how close I was. And this summer, I had my sons, and I got them up on that stage. Yeah, And I've got pictures of them up there. Now, for them, now at age 10, do, do they understand what that means? No, but when they get older, and they're, they're music guys, man. They love country music. They love uh rock music. They love R&B music. They love oldies. When they get older and they kind of look into more things about the Monterey Pop Festival, and then they see these pictures, and they're like, God damn, when I was 10 years old, my dad put me on that stage. See, man, that's what it is to me. I don't give a fuck. I, I really don't. I want them to say... I've I've seen a lot of shit with my dad. I went to baseball games. I went to a charger game. I've been to fights. I've i you know, we've lived life, man. Yeah. We we've we've learned too much recently that life can end incredibly young and incredibly fast. So fuck, go get it and get the crazy shit in it. Look, we don't hide it. You know, it it's the people that I I remember this kid that I went to high school with, and I should name him because, goddamn, they couldn't fucking wait to tell you how you need to find Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior, and and get all this fucking shit, right? Every day, God, you should really find a way to get the Lord into your life. I was like, I'm just trying to find a way to get fucking laid, all right? Calm the fuck down, Jimmy Swaggart. Well, then we go to a party at their house. You go to a party at their house, and everybody, the parents are out. And everybody's just drinking. And we all did the same thing when you were in high school, which was you would look for more alcohol. You weren't snooping around. You were looking for alcohol. And all of a sudden, we go in this one area, kind of where the bar would be, and underneath, and you open it up. Dave, there ought to be 50 (laughs) porns under there. (laughs) You old fucking, right? Grease monkey? Fucking 10 10 cans of Crisco down there. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, dude, it's all the guys that hide it. Yep. That, that run from I don't hide from shit. I already told you, Lisa Ann's my date to the Christmas party. Yeah, what else do you need? I already told you. I fucking took my kid the other night to them, men- and I don't have anything to hide. Like, this is as creepy as it gets. These fucking guys where yeah. it's like, you need to find a way to bring Jesus Christ into your life, and when you're done... Come on over. We're going to watch a fucking Seca movie.
1: Whoa. Let me introduce you to Marilyn Chambers. Yes. She says Jesus Christ a lot. Yeah, I'm going to introduce you to my
2: wife, Marilyn, and I'm just going to sit here on this chair. No, it's okay. Fucking weirdos. Shut up. You fucking dick. You got some fucking nerve telling me how to live my life. Don't worry about it. Fucking. uh, These are my kids, man. I swear to God. If I get hit by fucking lightning tomorrow, my fucking kids will be like, Well shit. shit. He went quick, but fuck, yeah. we had some fun together yeah. with that crazy fucker. We stood
1: on the stage of the Hollywood Bowl and we loved it. <laughs> not the Hollywood Bowl. That's a good one. I have you been on. You should take
2: him the Hollywood Bowl. That's a good
1: one. That's an easy place to sneak into, by the I've way. I've been on that yeah, stage. Me too.
2: I've been on that stage, but they have not
1: That's a good yeah, one. That's a good one. It's an easy one to sneak into. I'm not kidding you. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Um, I'm trying to think.
1: Can you sneak into the Greek, too? I don't know about that. I was thinking when you and I were in Hawaii back in 2012, we mm-hmm. were, were in and out. We were there for two days. You know, mm-hmm. We had to do a quick business trip and back out. But we went to see where Elvis, I remember member, performed. Remember that? Yeah.
2: And it's funny, man. That Aloha from Hawaii CD. If you're an Elvis fan, I've got that CD. Fuck, I don't know when he's ever been better from start to finish. All the way from, from. I would say, from the way it starts with C.C. Rider. Through suspicious minds. Yeah. It, it's fucking him at his best, and he is killing it. And it's crazy to think, I think three years later, he was dead. But that, for me, because I can remember um, hearing that CD, and my mom had the album and played the album all the time. She just loved it. Yeah, that was one thing I wanted to see. Yeah. And to see that, I think it's called the Blaisdell Center, to see that little building yeah. where you go, fuck, man, we couldn't get inside. No we tried but uh but that was pretty fucking yeah, cool
1: it was cool i was just like shit that that i like seeing shit yeah uh historical things i'm cool. with you you and i again i always wonder if people think we're little nuts because we we're fascinated where a life suddenly ends
2: but what do we have here in san diego what do we have the dark side of san
1: diego with the the mass suicides that's, that's probably Evans the biggest Gate. story. Heaven's Gate is probably but the biggest I don't, story. I don't know For people you... outside of San Diego go, isn't that where that happened? You know, wasn't that in San Diego?
2: Yeah, I'll tell you this. Um, the, the fucking weirdos that were a couple of days later, if you are driving the 5 in Lucadia, it's right uh, on the east side of the Lucadia Boulevard exit, right on the 5. It's now a Holiday Inn Express— Right there, but it was room two twenty two of that place is where um the ones a couple days later killed themselves. They okay. found him in that motel room. Two twenty two. Yeah. Um I I'm trying to think though, as far
1: as Heaven's yeah. Gate would be the Didn't one. Did you have the famous this is before I was in San Diego, down in San Isidro in the McDonalds? Shit man, uh, there's a memorial down there, yeah. That was a
2: that James Huberty. Yeah. That that to me Oh, yeah. You know, there's another one too is uh, Brenda Spencer. Brenda Spencer was the girl that uh, the Boomtown Rats wrote, I don't like Mondays. Yeah. About her. That shit, that's not far from my house. That's over in San Carlos. Yeah. You know, the huberty thing, uh, I just, I think anytime kids are involved, it just, and especially now as a parent, man, those kids, and he said he was going to hunt humans. Yeah. And we worked. I think John Kalia. I think my man John Kalia. in KFMB. I was trying to think of other people who worked that day. Who the fuck? My I know Bruce Patch. Bruce Patch. This fucking. I love Bruce Patch. Bruce Patch. People don't know the name, but if you live in Antonidas, you might know him. He would show up on the Larry Himmel show. Yeah, he was. He was Larry's photographer. So I run into Bruce six months ago. They're doing a thing, the Himmel Foundation, and we're bullshitting. And I said to him, he's a guy came out of college. He's had one job. He's worked at KFB. He's a photographer, right? Always worked at the same place. Really talented guy and really cool guy. So I said to him, I go, uh, when did you get there? And he said, you know, I got there in 79. I go fuck. I go. Uh, were you there for the PSA crash? And he goes, uh, well, uh, I worked at KFMB, but I was too hungover that day. I called in sick. I didn't work. I go, what? What'd you just fucking <laughs> tell me? He goes, yeah. He goes, I. He goes, dude, it was, a, it was a different time. I was a young kid. He goes, I was all fucked up, and they called me into work. He goes, God, I thought I was fired. And he goes, uh, yeah, I can't, I can't come in. We I mean, had a pretty good night the night before. I can't come in. Only guy on the staff doesn't show yes. up. Fucking major plane crash in San Diego. I go shit. <laughs> I, go, shit uh. I go, what about uh, shit, man? He had to have been there for San Ysidro, huh? Yeah, I didn't, I didn't work that day. I go, what the fuck <laughs> did
0: you work for?
1: You don't have no time for his bullshit. He's such a good fucking him. guy. Yelling at him, I go,
2: I go, you were there, you've been there five yeah, fucking years. He was there
1: for the biggest American flag, human American flag at Qualcomm, <laughs> with little Tommy.
2: Hey, shit, radio news for you, little Tommy starting, I think tomorrow, is the producer for Bob and Co on KGB,
1: That you is know a that? good get, I did know that, that's a good get. I mean, the guys in the Radio Two Hall alphas, of Fame. Two Alphas, though, they're going to so- get along? Yeah, I think Tommy's just happy to have a job again. It's weird to see Tommy not doing- with Jeff and Jerry. <laughs> Dude, I hated that part of that show. I swear to God, if he fucking does that again. I hated again, that part of that show. Shut up. I hated it. It's one of those things where I don't know if it's <laughs> listeners.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: if they know that there's actually a better way to communicate now. Just like when. Hey,
2: remember- <laughs> that also, uh, sh- what? Asshole. <laughs>
1: Before, remember before Stern went to Sirius, yeah, he still used to use those fucking carts, and you hear him banging around and you're like Jesus, dude, people don't use carts in ten years, and you're still banging around those fucking carts because he won't get with the computer system, and then finally he got rid of that. It's that's like little Tommy with this stupid thing like that you can't understand. <laughs> and it fuck. It's a talk back button. It sounds better. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, don't enough yeah, with. the I think fucking it's gonna be good. I'm happy as a job, as you say all the time. We're just happy guys get back in radio and have a job. He's a really fucking good dude. I think it's gonna be good for that show. He's a really yeah. Tommy's a really good dude. Tommy does a lot Who's of. Who's the shit. other producer on that show? I don't even know. Uh, He's I said his senior producer, so I don't know who the hell the other guy is.
2: Well, it was that fucking lunatic, Big John. Big John, <laughs> you love him that lunatic. Guy. He's I called Big John for a reason. Yeah, what a good fucking dude. But John left after
1: we did. Yeah. I heard he said he didn't want to be in the building if we weren't going to be there.
2: Well, I don't blame him. He's a loyal son of a bitch. Um, (laughs) You know why Tommy's good, man? Yeah. Tommy's good because, uh, for a lot of things, incredibly talented, knows how to put a show together, right? Knows how to keep things moving. But uh, really, really loves San Diego, loves Chula Vista, gives back to this community. Just and he's a, just a fucking radio dork. Yeah, yeah. And, and I say that with all respect for him. He's a he's a good dude, man. I'm happy for Tom. Good hire. I'm glad uh, I yeah. went and
1: spent the money to to bring him in. Whatever it took to take care of him. At least he he has a job. I think he's probably shocked that a couple years later that, that Jerry retires and Jeff shoots up to Sacramento so to what, do religious radio.
2: Look, where's my girl Laura Kane
1: going to end up? That's a big story. What do you do, you
2: Laura Kane? Because Emily went to Rock 105. She took Ashley's spot on the show. Jeff has gone to Northern California to do Christian Radio. I don't know where Randy is. You know, Randy, if you knew Randy on that show, you only heard him for the guy laughing and doing everything else. But he was the first one in the building. First one in the building, and a dude who really busted his ass production-wise and did a lot of behind-the-scenes things. I, I I would... iHeart could do a lot worse than finding a spot for Randy in there. May not, he may not be an on-air guy anymore, but really good, hard-working guy. See, I, I know people look at that show, and we've always gave that show a hard time. But we gave that show a hard time because out of, I think Jeff Detrow is fucking one of the nicest guys yes. I've ever met in this business. And talented, and another guy. It just loved being on the radio, and he just loved when we fucking killed him. He just loved getting his balls busted because he thought it was great. Um But, dude, those guys, man, it, it, there's not – see, Dave, I, I'm still a believer in that you need voices that people connect to. I spend 45 minutes in the commute going up. I spend an hour and 40 minutes coming home. You need people that you can connect to, I feel, if, to make radio work. Yeah. You and I went two hours yesterday. It fucking felt like we went 10 minutes.
1: Yeah, especially in San Diego. San Diego is a, a tough city to figure out until you realize that as big of a city as it is, it's a small city at the same time where, yeah. where it is important that you have a San Diego background and a personality that people connect with. and. And I tell you what, when they talk about NFL ratings dropping by, you know, millions of people, I tell you what, the San Diego people have shocked me just by their loyalty to the loyal to the soil deal, like they said they were going to be. The key people, yeah. I run into more people that say they don't watch the NFL at all now than people that say I just changed teams. Which shocked me, I didn't see that happening. NFL season, they're going to find another team to root for, they're going to watch. And the numbers show they didn't. They The people yeah. were absolutely right. They stood by their word and said, we aren't going to watch
2: um so that's it and it's just the 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 one thing that i would like uh i mean dave's right on the nfl people will be back for the nfl
1: people will be back it's uh it's interesting that yeah it's funny the pro bowl went up in ratings which is funny everyone jokes around the pro bowl but it went up 25 percent with the non-violence i think a lot of it has to do with nfl that people stop watching is that less and less parents are signing their kids now up for youth football yeah, and maybe maybe there are other interests. Speaking of the NFL, I don't know how much we'll, we'll obviously get into that. But I was thinking of uh, the Philadelphia Eagles the other mm-hmm. day. They win the Super Bowl, and there are a couple of connections to San Diego.
2: Frank Reich,
1: and so, <laughs> but you have Frank Reich is right. Is, uh, is Darren Sproles, thirty-five, mm-hmm. gets that ring, awesome. okay, which is fantastic. But Daniel Pumphrey, who got yeah. hurt before the season started, the kid that replaced Daniel Pumphrey was Corey Clement. He's an yeah. undrafted rookie scored a touchdown, had enough receiving yards that equaled over – I think it was – Over 100? Over 100, I think. Maybe it was four receptions for 100. Anyway, he's a big part of the offense. He was on Jimmy Kimmel last night. Mm-hmm. And you're going, I don't know if Donnell Pumphrey ever plays a game for the Philadelphia Eagles before you end up having to to trade him because you already have a guy that took a spot that's a big part of their offense. It was just interesting to see the way things kind of work out in the NFL as the old joke, the not for long. Yeah. But you're right. There are connections to, uh, to San Diego. And even the snapper for – the Patriots who there was one real bad snap. Do you remember? Mm-hmm. When he, he misses it. Kid went to Granite Hills high school. Yeah. Is uh, the long snapper, but there are connections to San Diego and, and Bobby Bethard got in the hall of fame. Um, and Bobby was always great to us. We didn't talk yeah, about it the other day, but I was kind of surprised and well-deserved that Bobby Bethard got in.
2: Love him. I, I don't know why John Lynch can't get in, but I, I hope he gets in.
1: Uh, it's going to take a while now. Cause you have Ed Reed and you have Paula going to go in before him Holy coming up. Shit, so it's going to take him a while to get in. Holy
2: shit. Good player. Good leader. Um, the fuck else was I just <laughs> gonna say about Bethard.
1: Um I'm laughing because I'm thinking of your boy Chris Carter. Yeah Chris Carter got into it Russo Chris Russo the other day.
2: Well, uh Russo got into it with David Deal
1: too. Yeah. At a steakhouse. almost got his ass kicked twice in Minnesota.
2: I like the fact Mad Dog fucking stood his ground. Fucking told the guy do David <laughs> Deal's like I won two Super Bowls. He's like, well I do five and a half hours of radio. I've done it for twenty five years. Now yeah. what? You know what I was stoked for Dave. I, I this is what I was going to say. I don't know what the fuck the NFL was thinking putting Radio Row in at the Mall of America. You and I have done enough Radio yeah. Rows. I just thought that was a disaster. It looked terrible how jammed in everybody was and everything else. But reading uh, Peter King today and Peter King saying for the people of Minneapolis who really, it this is it. They're not going to get another one um, in our lifetime. I agree. I, I thought Peter King said, said to them, you know what? It was really great. And he he said, the only time we had a, he goes, you saw everything as far as people with the weather. He goes, shit, the only time you were out in the weather was when you were walking from the car to the hotel or the hotel back. And he said, they just were nice and friendly and welcoming. And he said, they did a nice job. I laughed because having done six of them and often, uh, for the three that I stayed for um, on Monday, I would always fly home Monday or Tuesday, and you'd watch the horseshit local morning yeah. news, right, like Raul and Shally. Well, now look, we're not supposed to say anything, but we've been told that this was the best Super Bowl ever. Now, they had the fucking balls to say that in Atlanta where everything fell apart because of the weather. Yeah. It was a horseshit Super Bowl. San Diego killed it, Phoenix killed it, Tampa killed it, San Francisco killed it, everything. And so I was laughing because I felt bad for Minneapolis. I mean, it's zero degrees. Um, I thought the shots that they – I haven't been there in 23 years. Okay. So my kids were asking me the other day, they're like, what's that? I go, dude, I have no fucking clue. What any? I haven't been there in 23. Yeah. I have not – I mean, stepped foot in the state. But I love the overhead shots. I thought it looked really cool down there. And I thought it was cool that people were having fun with it. Like uh watching Padilla and Kaplan's crew on Saturday night, um, going out to watch J Lo and having fun with the weather. You know, man, fuck it. Like I thought I thought Dan was great, and I thought somebody else said it too. And I, I'd give full credit to him if I could think of who it was. But they said, you will never fucking hear me complain about the weather because nobody wants to hear me crying. Yeah about how how bad it is at the Super Bowl. I think Rich Eisen said it too. They're like, Eisen said, I've been to 16 of them, had an absolute blast. The game turned out to be fun. but I just I, I still have friends and family that are back there. and they they they're gonna get events in that stadium. They're gonna get final fours and shit like that. But to get the Super Bowl, to get a big game, and to have people say, yeah, it was cold as shit, but we had a great time, and everybody was nice. I know that meant a lot to him. That's pretty cool.
1: That is cool. Um, I, you know, it, it's funny. My wife asked me the other day. She goes, if you could live anywhere outside of California, where would you live? Who has the best mm-hmm. people? And I said, "I'll honestly, I've never been disappointed from anyone I've met from Minnesota. Oh, uh, you'd it, fucking it, die up there. i so, die No, I'm talking about the cold. I'm saying, as far as the people go, they're all funny. They're yeah. all nice. Um, the, the, the only time... I went to Minnesota was the only time I remember going to Minnesota was to change planes. And that was it as far as changing planes. But otherwise, the people that I've met are fantastic. The cold weather, without a doubt, is a reason why I don't think I could ever end up Living in Minnesota, you know, it would have Fuck. to be absolutely incredible. But its uh, I, I was glad to see it. They deserved it. They built the stadium. They got it done. There were rumors for years that the Vikings weren't going to stay the Minnesota Vikings. And not only did they build that stadium, they got it up very, very fast. As far as, as a listener goes, a sports radio and flipping around, I thought it was the worst radio row I've ever heard. I just seemed like Terrible. nobody had any great guests. If I was a program director, I'd be very disappointed that I sent – my radio guys there to do shows because they offered nothing that was special.
2: Um, yeah, that's it. Uh, uh, shit, it's not. Uh, it's not as bad as IB, but it looked pretty shitty. I'm just laughing, Dave, because I'm looking at my Twitter, and everybody's going crazy because we ripped the fuck out of IB the other day. Uh, <laughs> who gives a shit? What uh, What am I missing in IB? By the way, when's the last time you were in Ib? I was in
1: Ib um, a year ago, but I would drove a year through, ago. But I drove through Ib to get to the Strand to go into Coronado. Yeah, that's and, where uh, Borillo lives. I always look at I always look at Ib and say. IB could be something if they start tearing down this stuff and start rebuilding IB. Yeah. I, well, IB fuck would be a lot. of so Del yeah. Cajon. Well, it, well, the difference is IB is closer to the water. You know, that's the yeah. one thing it offered to say if you tore down some of this. This might be a great way to get close to the beach and not have to pay for being close to the beach. You
2: know what? IB, no joke. IB should take a page out of Oceanside's book yeah. because if you think what when Oceanside changed from Hill Street to Coast Highway, but the way they used to be. Oceanside was a fucking disaster too. But now all of a sudden you go Coast Highway. Yeah. And there are so many really cool little taverns and pubs and restaurants. And they have changed the whole thing up there. I would love to see IB come bounce back. I I used to dig IB. But now you get to the point, you're like, this is, this town's fucking shit. I mean, Sorry. Yeah. Sorry to tell you, your fucking baby's ugly, but give me a fucking break, okay? You're you're at, It's funny to think about. It. You're about a twenty minute drive out of Coronado. It doesn't feel like it, but the Strand's about a, a fifteen minute drive, if not twenty, to get. And then all of a sudden, you come up and you go by the Dell, yeah. and the Brig, and everything that you're at on the south end of Coronado, and you swing down Orange Avenue, and and just what a fucking gem coronado is i mean that is just the shit there's no you ever had a bad day in coronado
1: no no. my dad always jokes around when he used to visit would always say if god had money this is where he'd live
2: yeah my brother and i worked in my brother worked there for a long time and then he and i worked down there together for like a year it's just great and to me what coronado is coronado tries coronado is motivated to be great and i'd be thinking "Mm -hmm." We're close (laughs) I don't give a shit I'm not sending my man Ryan Barkley down there Yeah, I'm not sending my man Brian Curry down there And I'm not sending my man Blake from Happy Plumbing down there (laughs) Fuck you (laughs) Fuck you Those guys are family, and they got kids. (laughs)
1: Those guys are family. Speaking of those guys right there, the guys at Happy Plumbing are doing great things. We're very happy to have them on the show now. The easiest way to reach them is happyplumbing.com. We told you this last time, and I'm telling you, you need to put this in your phone. 619-433-4943. That's the number. Put it in your phone because you're going to need that number when you least expect it. 619-433-4943. Our guy, Blake, doing fantastic things. Look, it's a 24-hour service, seven days a week. Happy Plumbing understands emergencies. They're never ideal. They're going to take care of you. Upfront flat rate pricing, never an overtime charge, no travel charges, courteous, Uniform professionals look—they're licensed and insured, and they're free estimates. What else could you ask for? You know and I need Blake to do.
2: Yeah, I, I thought about this the other day. It—we it, have a guest bathroom. I, I don't know how this happens. You have a guest bathroom, okay, that has a full shower. Well, that's cool, but we don't have any guests that stay at our fucking house. <laughs> and then we've got the master bedroom, yeah, and the master bath and the shower. Why is the water pressure? In the guest bathroom, like fucking getting hosed down at Alcatraz, right? The way we like it. And the water pressure in the master yeah. is so fucking terrible. And that's the next thing I'm going to have Blake do is yeah. come out and go, dude, do me a favor. Can you show me? And maybe it's a different shower head, Maybe it's whatever. But I if I try to fix this thing, yeah. I'm gonna knock my whole building down. <laughs> Can we please set up the master bathroom? Yeah, so a, this sh- and here's the other thing. I'm not fucking Lafitte Pinky Jr. Can I get a fucking shower head that's taller than five foot four, please? Would that kill anybody? So yeah, my fucking condo was built yeah. in like 20 years ago. It's not like it was built yeah. in 1913. Yeah, where the average guy was five foot three. Yeah, yeah, I didn't. I didn't buy Bill Shoemaker's house in La Mesa, where you go. Well, Jesus Christ, <laughs> you live in the flight path. It's gonna get loud, Charlie. And if you buy Bill Shoemaker's house, the fucking shower heads are going to be low. I'm not that tall. I'm at yeah. least six, seven. God damn it, Blake. Happy plumbing. Come out. If I could just... I get in the shower every morning, and every morning I'm like, that's too fucking cold.
1: And it's coming out slow. You can slow. watch elephants in the other bathroom, but you can't sit Dude, there. Dude, I could
2: do anything. I could put out that fucking brush fire in Santa Barbara. I could have saved Montecito with the guest bathroom. But good fucking luck trying to get my weak-ass beard flattened down enough so I can shave without feeling like I'm shaving with a tweezer. Yeah. God damn it. That's where I got to go. See, the problem is, yeah. you know why I'm not happy? Because I haven't called happy Blake There you go. But once I call Blake and he comes out and he fixes yeah. that shower head and I got to put a goddamn seatbelt on to take a shower because it's so powerful in there. Right to the damn door. That's it. Just bolt in. Like I'm gonna fry the fucking cyclops at sick Flags. <laughs> Let it go. Just blows my little kid right through the back wall. Boom.
1: <laughs> right now, by the way, there's a special $99 drain cleaning any drain right there at Happy Plumbing. Here's I, the number again: That price has nine. to change.
2: Some of you sick bastards. I know. Who knows what the I don't know what that. you have in your drain. God damn. That's a better man than me.
1: 619 433 4943. Again, happyplumbing.com. That's why it's not yeah. Dave and Jeff Plumbing. Because as true. soon
2: as we undid that drain in the yeah. shower yeah. and we pulled that thing just, up, dry heaving. Would, I'd be like, put that fucking thing down. Just <laughs> get the fuck out of here. <laughs> just just <Dying. laughs> get the tummits clean. Tum- Cash only. <laughs> get the. <laughs> Good Jesus Christ. I think we found an Wood.
1: Oh, my gosh. All right. Brian Curry is your guy. Right now, real estate market. You got to look at what's going on in the economy. Brian Curry is your guy because people ask he the all the time. Where can he help me find a
2: house, Dave?
1: I be, can I Bullshit, bet you. shit. For $111. <laughs> I don't think Brian Curry is turning anything down. The guy's an expert all over San Diego County. Brian Curry is, is your guy. Look, he's been doing it for over 20 years. He, he knows the area extremely well. You name it. Brian Curry has been there before. He sold houses. But I think a lot of people are freaking out with the economy right now, San Right now, our thing. Was really, you think? Oh, yeah. Was the
2: market <laughs> crashed yesterday. What an edgy take. Well, thanks, did, George Chamberlain. It, it didn't
1: crash, as they say. It just adjusted itself. Everything's okay. It Adjusted itself to the point where you don't yeah. want to look at it. Let's see who has AOL in.
2: stock too.
1: <laughs> I know a guy with AOL stock. He told me "fuck you" once. He said, "Don't worry about me. I'll be okay. I have AOL <laughs> stock."
2: Okay. <laughs> you went broke. How, how did it go? When are you trying to
1: lock in? <laughs> you went broke. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Brian Curry again, certified negotiation specialist. He's the guy right here. Member, member, of course, of the Council of Residential Specialists prior 10 years, helicopter crewman in the Navy. We always like the guys that are Navy yeah. guys that move on to great careers. Brian Curry is, is the best in the business. What are you waiting for? 619-251-1588.
2: Why you need Brian on your side, what we didn't know was that people are coming in, God damn, man, there are so many weasels everywhere you turn. And these investment groups are coming in. They got nothing but cash and they're bidding against you. I, I think about my man Stevie Woods. Like we said earlier, he and his beautiful wife Hannah had a brand new baby boy. We welcome Bo Lauren Wood to the party tonight. Now, if you're a young family like that and you got a brand new baby and you want to buy a house, you need a guy like Brian Curry on your side because it it's this big conglomerate. Against Steve, Hannah, and Bo. You want a guy on your side where Curry, where you go, dude, this is going to even the odds. I'll tell you, the other people that need him are all the people that realize, damn, Jeff's right. I need to get the fuck out of I.B. <laughs> dude, there's some schlep moving into town that's not going to have any idea. Curry's going to put lipstick on that pig and get you out from under it. Now you can move and live in La Mesa or Eastlake, Hamul, anywhere you want to live. Call the guy that knows what's going on, man. I'm so thankful that we have Blake and Brian and Ryan on our side, man, because you are going to need every one of these guys at some point. It's either today or next month or next year, and we couldn't be more stoked to be associated with Brian for what he's doing for the people of San Diego.
1: Absolutely. Here's Brian's number again, 619-251-1588 and our buddy ryan barkley right there from barkley landscaping 35 years in the business with his dad ryan look you have a question about your property you want to make it look better spring's just around the corner ryan i guarantee will change his number to a 714 area code because every time i look up Ryan disneyland? to disneyland that motherfucker did having great the best dad, time man. ever as a dad you talk about great, being a great dad. dad, making memories he is Beautiful, ryan works his baby. ass off he works his ass off for you too but i'm telling you, any free moment he has that guy's running to disneyland Ryan Barkley and his dad doing great things. Free estimates, again, family-owned and operated business, 35 years. You don't stay in business for 35 years in San Diego unless you're really good at what you do, and those guys are outstanding.
2: I think the free estimate part of it is so big because you're looking at 35 years of experience, and now they come out, and you are wanting to think about different things. Maybe it's drought-resistant. Maybe you say, you know what, I just I've always wanted a beautiful front lawn. I don't want the AstroTurf. I want legit grass. What's the best grass? Are we seeding? Are we sodding? What do we need to do? How do we do it so the goddamn water bills for people around the county right now are going through the roof? If you're somebody that got slammed by a water bill and the water district's not working with you, something is wrong at your place. That's why I just said you need somebody like Ryan Barkley Or Blake at Happy Plumbing to figure out, why the fuck is my water bill going through the roof? Man, make one phone call. But, Dave, I think that free estimate for Happy and I think the free estimate for Barkley can't be emphasized enough because it can come out. You know everything that's going to be done. You can see the pictures online of the incredible job that they're doing And you can have it done at your place, and you will know every step of the way what it's going to cost you. No hidden fees, no bullshit extra charges like me and Dave would do to you. Ryan's going to treat you right.
1: (laughs) You name it, they do it. Professional, efficient, available for you at the best possible price. Here's Ryan's number, 619-669-8000. 619-669-8000.
2: All right, we will be back next week. I'm trying to think. It feels like there are a couple of different shows that are coming up that are pretty good that I wanted to tape, and for the life of me, I can't think of well, what the fuck they So are.
1: many of these people now aren't running anything new because of the Olympics coming up. That's right. The Winter Olympics start on Thursday.
2: But the other thing that starts on Thursday is the Pebble Beach uh, golf tournament. Now, Dan said he's taking his show to Pebble Beach. He was off today. Doug Gottlieb was on. But I hope they televise. I, I would think it would make sense for AT&T uh, to televise – um, from Pebble Beach, and I want to see where they set up up there.
1: Yeah, Dan Patrick, he said, is going to Pebble Dan, Beach. Dan, yeah, okay. yeah. But isn't Gottlieb with Fox now? Isn't he working with uh, Coward? Yeah, but they're all under the same umbrella. Is it really? Yeah. I Dan, had no idea it was they, all the same people. Yeah, I thought Dan, Dan was NBC.
2: No, he's NBC Sports Network, but he's not on NBC Radio. Okay. Dan told an interesting story that he met with the ESPN, and he said he met with John Skipper, and talked about, um, because Sporting News wrote it, like Dan was going to go back to either do Sunday Countdown or do Sports Center, And Dan said, that's not what I went for. He was really open about it. He said he met with John Skipper about Sports Jeopardy. Is Crackle done? You know Crackle, the streaming
1: service? when he said that. Yeah, I guess so. I don't know.
2: I mean, they lost Jerry Seinfeld. They lost yeah. the comedians in cars getting coffee. Sports Jeopardy was on there. And Dan said yesterday, he goes, man, I love that show. And he said, John Skipper was great and said, let's try to figure out a way to do it. And then Dan's doing a broadcast school, and he wanted to try to set something up because I guess it's relatively close to where ESPN is and was talking to Skipper about finding ways to get internships for kids coming out of the school. And he said it was great. And he said all of a sudden, three days later, Skipper resigned. But he said I was never talking to them. He goes, all I want. It was pretty wild. They say this on the radio show, but he said for me, I'm not giving up football night in America.
1: Yeah, I wouldn't either. Jamel Hill, by the way, is done with Sports Center. She went to the undefeated, she, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, come on. You kind of saw which way that was going. So but she yeah. has she has three years left on her contract, and she's the ESPN had to continue paying her, but they took her off the six. Which wasn't working out as it was, and then the Twitter thing kind of messed her up. And
2: I don't know enough about her because when we she had her on the
1: show before, we had her on really, we had her on back in like two thousand seven, two thousand eight. We used to have her on thirteen sixty.
2: She that was right? a guest
1: of ours, yeah, and she was great with us. But look, she had a platform that wasn't the platform ESPN wanted her to use, and and she crossed the line too many times, and. Things got really ugly for her over there, and Beyonce. I did not think that sixth show was working anyway. And ratings show wasn't working. No, what do they do now it. at that time? It's it's uh, basically it's Michael Hill, right? It's uh, what's Michael's last no, name? No, Michael Hill was our okay, buddy not from Michael Fox. Hill. What's that? What's his last name? Uh, Michael Smith. Michael Smith. He's he's basically doing kind of like we would do a radio show where he's there and he brings a different Sports Center guy on to break down as an insider. Okay. Every few minutes, comes on to NBA, Major League Baseball, NFL. And it's him right now. They'll probably change, too. It's, it's, it's strange how ESPN has dropped dramatically. You talk about the yeah. NFL. ESPN has dropped dramatically. I don't think it's because of soccer, but it's very interesting. Since they started pushing soccer like crazy, oh, the interest in ESPN has gone right in the toilet.
2: Can't take it, man. I really can't. I I've, I think you try to shove that down on people, and they just, they're just they not interested. Plus, I think right now there is general concern about where we are in the world. Yes that it's hard to kind of get lost in the emotion of sports, right? When when you felt like you were relatively safe with whoever was in office, uh, it could have been Clinton, it could have been Bush, Senior, or or G-Dub, uh, or Obama, whoever you were. But, but I think right now people are like, fuck, man, where are we going? And the idea of like, hey, don't forget, Johnny Weir's live in there. <laughs> You're like, what did you just say to me? I I, sorry friend okay I'm I'm not really too concerned about Tara Lipinski and Johnny Weir right now okay all right maybe maybe take your bullshit down the street um but I but I think that's it um like for me sports wise right now there's a good UFC fight this weekend I don't know that there's much buzz about that Yoel Romero and Luke Rockhold that's a pretty damn good fight you got Pebble Beach going on this weekend, which to me, it's my... Uh, I used to think Maui was my favorite place in the world. But for me, it's, it is Pebble Beach. My, uh, When my buddy Cheech passed away, and he and I had always talked about going and playing Pebble. And I kind of knew that that was over. And, and kind of um, the summer of 2016, he, he had just passed away. And it was kind of five o'clock and the sun was kind of going down and he, he loved Miller Lite. Yeah, I'm not a Miller Light guy, but I was like, all right, well this fucking dick likes Miller Light. <laughs> so I went to the lodge and I got a Miller Lite. The thing that they had always told me at Pebble was, um, Hey, you can walk anywhere, but just don't walk on the course. And I'd always respected that. But on, on this particular night, I was like, well, fuck it. Uh, I'm walking the course and I'm fucking talking to him, you know, yeah. I don't talk to the voices in my head, but I'm like, fuck, man, here we are. And Dave, it was insane because I just went and I had this beer and I sat on the edge of the green of 17. And I literally sat there for 35 minutes and I just soaked it in. It's it's the it's the coolest place in the world. I just sat there and had a beer. Nobody yeah. came. And I just I thought about him. I thought about the history of that particular hole and, uh, and it was just, it was great, man. And it's like the sun started going down and it got darker and darker, but I knew when I got up and I started walking back to my car Yeah, that my, my time at pebble was over. Yeah. And, um, and you don't, I don't know if you went through that with the loss of your dad, um, it was different with CS, it's different with Kevin or anybody else that we were close to. But yeah. this is the first guy I met in San Diego. And you you don't want to leave because it it's over. Yeah. The the dream of playing this course, whether we ever do it or not, is still alive as long as he's alive. But now when I watch Pebble, um, I'm not sad because I love watching 17 because I can look, and as you look down on 17, Dave, you know that hole. You're just up. You're up on kind of a hill, and you're shooting down the hill, and surrounding you is the water of Monterey. And when they show it shooting down, if the pin is directly in the middle of the green, uh, if you say it's square up, I I sat at what would be like 11 o'clock. If that's kind of the center, if you're looking from the T at the middle – I sat at like 11 o'clock and I just sat there and, and kind of soaked it all in. I'm not really a Zen guy, but it was a pretty Zen moment for me. And now I look at it and I watch it and I go, fuck, man, that was great. There that was go. great. And and I remember my buddy who I miss and sadly we'll remember more buddies that we miss. But um, but yeah, it's just like sports change all of a sudden, huh?
1: Yeah. It's, well, the cool thing I think for you is that your kids now have this passion for the NBA.
2: Yeah, they and, love it.
1: And not only do they have a passion for the NBA, but the rest of the country has a passion for the NBA right now. As I said before, the ratings are going through the roof, especially with young people. So as your Minnesota Timberwolves are finally playing decent basketball, your kids are falling over love with the sport, it's a good time for you and your kids to have that connection of the NBA, going to an NBA game just last week. that it's, uh, I find it interesting that I think it's something that you guys can share.
2: Uh, two quick things on the NBA, and they both relate to the Lakers before we go. The Lakers are fined $50,000 today. I don't think they should have been, by the way. For for quote-unquote tampering with Giannis. I went and looked at what Magic yeah. said. What Magic said about Giannis the Greek freak was, he's a star. I'm glad he was voted to the All-Star game. I believe he will bring a championship to Milwaukee what in that is considered tampering, and why are the Lakers
1: fined for that? Yeah, there's nothing in there about saying he wants him on the Lakers. Of course, he'd love to have him on the Lakers. He's but an
2: iconic figure yes. in the NBA. Magic Johnson is a guy that you want to bridge generations. For the older fans that remember Magic and Board and Jordan, yep. and, and an incredible success story is Magic Johnson. For everything he's accomplished in his life, why are we not encouraging Magic to promote Carl Anthony Towns or Giannis, whether he's a fucking executive with the Lakers or not.
1: Well, here's the deal. Also, remember this: when Steve Ballmer bought the Clippers, they went for two billion dollars. Yeah. When the Bucks were sold, they went for five hundred thousand. I mean, if yeah. anybody needs a boost, it's the Milwaukee Bucks. Yeah. And now they got a superstar. Magic said he's going to put Milwaukee on the map. When is so, Giannis
2: a free agent? So
1: a couple of years down the line, but there, there was nothing in there. It wasn't like the Paul George thing where I'll be the first to say, of course. fuck, that was ridiculous. He fucked up. Yeah, yeah, he did. This was a complete compliment to the NBA promoting a product and In a promoting small market. Exactly. They needed that. It was perfect for the NBA. If that was Jordan or Magic, if I'm the owner of the Bucks, I'm like, that's what I, I need. I
2: found that obnoxious. Yeah. As I, much as I like kidding you about yeah. the Lakers, I find that obnoxious. I'm
1: glad stuff. you read it because I think a lot of people just know how Magic was tampering again. They, I, they didn't I, know what he said.
2: I looked at it. I read it three different times. I go, I don't know what he did wrong yeah. here. I this is what you need. You need Bill Russell. You need Larry Bird.
1: You need... Jerry
2: West. Yep. If Jerry West comes out and compliments Giannis, are the Clippers getting fined?
1: That it was very strange. I just think it was. I don't know. Again, if I'm the Milwaukee Bucks, I'm I'm happy with what Magic said. I thought that was a little bizarre.
2: Yeah, I think that he's just promoting the league. Unless there was something missing. However, there was something else that was said today in regards to the Lakers. If you are a Laker fan. And I pay attention to them. I have a lot of friends and family that are very close to the Lakers. You especially. Yes. It has always been about the summer of 18. The summer of 18 was so big for the Lakers because they were going to make a run at Paul George and they were going to make a run at LeBron. That that was the guys. Uh, DeMarcus Cousins had been in the mix. Sure. That's true. But it had been the summer of LeBron number one and Paul George right there. When you see today... That that theory has changed, and it's now—it may not be the summer of 18, but maybe we look to the summer of 19. There's no fucking way Tom Thibodeau's letting Jimmy Butler get the fuck out of Minneapolis.
1: No, and I tell you what, as a Laker fan, I'm okay with what he's saying. Let's say it's not 2018, because let's say even though they could bring in LeBron and Paul George, I still don't think they're good enough to beat Golden State. I just don't. Okay. Okay, and I'd love to have LeBron, but LeBron's going to be thirty-four this year.
2: A lot of miles on that. body, A lot body of miles
1: too. on that body, and you sit there and go, "Well, how many does he have left? Two, three at the most." And it's eventually, it's, it's it ends really fast. We saw what happened at Kobe. Yeah, it ends really freaking fast. The twenty nineteen class, as a Laker fan, I'd like to have Kawhi, and I want Klay Thompson
2: because that's who the Clips want and, too.
1: And the deal with Kawhi is things aren't going good in in San Antonio now. He's a mm-hmm. Riverside guy. I'm sure he grew up a Laker fan. That's fine. But when you look at Clay Thompson, whose dad, of course, is the voice of the Lakers, mm-hmm. the one thing the Lakers need really bad is a big-time shooter. And yeah. you, you, every single game you watch, you're like, fuck, man, we just need a big-time shooter. And so I, for me, I, I'm willing to wait two years to get those two guys over LeBron and Paul George. But the problem is,
2: again, and I understand what you're saying, this was the same thing that was said two years ago that I'm willing to wait two years to get Paul George and LeBron. I believe me, Dave, I'm not I'm not poking the bear here. Yeah. Because I, I, I see what you have in Magic and Rob Palinka, and you go, okay, these are these are smart guys. And I think I think your theory makes sense for yes. a long because it also gives Lonzo Ingram. And Ingram Right? uh, The kid, Kyle
1: uh, Kuzma. was great. I mean, they have a lot of guys that can't even buy a beer on the team.
2: Dude, right? Yeah. And you go, okay. Because to me, I think what you're getting with the Lakers is my theory for the Padres as to why I don't need Eric Hosmer with this the 100%. year. 100%. And I say, I am willing to go and live with Clayton Richard this year. And everything else, because it's not about 2018 yep. for me as a Padre fan. It's about 2020.
1: Yeah, you still aren't beating the Dodgers and Nationals with Hosmer. But a baseball note, and then we'll come back to the Lakers.
2: I thought it was brilliant the other day, and it may have been Jerry Krasnick who wrote it. I, I want to give credit where it went. It said, you know, there's only going to be one fucking team that wins the National League in 2019, right? You understand that, San Diego? You understand that, Philadelphia? Houston, Chicago, L.A., San Francisco, uh, Milwaukee. There's only going to be one fucking team that wins the National League. A lot of you are fucking gunning. Jerry Depoto said there's more teams playing for draft picks than there are playing for championships right now. But when you think of it that way, you go, well, shit, yeah. Because we've always said... Well, goddamn, 2019 or 2020 is going to be the year. Well, the Dodgers aren't fucking taking that year off. Yep. And the Rockies and the Diamondbacks and the Giants, last I heard, aren't going to take that year off. So that's why – I don't want to sit here for another hour and a half on this, but that's why deals like the Yellich trade and and certain things like that, that's why I don't think Hosmer makes sense right now. I think it makes more sense to use that money in two years – When you understand who of your everyday Couldn't agree
1: more. Couldn't agree more.
2: Who who are the guys that are actually gonna be is Renfro a fucking dipshit or can he play? Is Will Myers a fucking dipshit or can he play? Because if he can't, you're all of a sudden got a major gaping hole in right field and you gotta figure out what the fuck you're doing with Myers. And if you have Hosmer sitting here, you go, Well shit, okay, great. He's the best guy in a fourth place team.
1: Couldn't agree more. It's it, That's why I feel. I feel the Padres right now are the worst team in the National League West, so what? That's, that's okay. It's, uh, yeah, we don't worry about that. Yeah. It, that's it's just the direction it's going right now. The Dodgers are going to be really good next year, okay? Yep. It's it, Not going to shock anybody. The Diamondbacks should be fine, even without J.D. Martinez. The Giants are going to be better. We, we've gone through this already. The Rockies are are, are going to be better. The Rockies finally got it closer. They're going to be better. Yeah. But for the Padres, as we said, the, the process of the whole thing, the Hosmer deal doesn't make any sense at all right now a team like the New York Mets who have five pitchers ready to go right now. Yeah. That's why you go out and you get Todd Frazier. That's yeah. why you take a chance on Adrian Gonzalez. That's why you bring yeah. Jay Bruce back because they feel they can make a run with that pitching staff they have. The Padres don't have that right now. No. But down the line they should. They should.
2: And that's when you go and you determine, okay, who is the Yu Darvish that yep. we need to who is the Kevin Brown that we need to anchor Ashby, Hitchcock, Joey Hamilton because we like those three, but they can't match up against Randy Johnson or whoever the fuck uh, the Yankees, David Wells, whoever the Yankees threw out. We need a legit hammer. Yeah. And if you go, shit, man, McKenzie Gore is going to be that guy, but he's 17 years old. Let's give Mackenzie Gore four years. Let's let him be 21 when he comes here. And let's let them be fucking devastating as our three. Let's let Quantrill or Lauer or Lucchese or any of these other fucking guys work out. But that's why I'm like, yep. we're, we're fucking panicking right now. But that's why, Dave, I looked at it and I thought about that with the Lakers today. And I go, man, there is a little bit of a parallel to what the Padres so. are doing.
1: Very much so. Because the Lakers, no matter what, aren't going to beat the Warriors with, what, with those moves this summer. Here's the one thing also as a Laker fan that watches all the games is the talk is you've got to get rid of Jordan Clarkson and Julius Randle if you want to bring those guys in. Yeah, those guys right now might be your two best players on the court. You're going to get rid of your two best players. They're both young guys. Clarkson's 25 million over the next two
2: years. And the problem is from what John Ireland said, who I enjoy that a lot is in order to get rid of him, nobody's just like, well, we're going to take yeah. that 25000000 million. We're going to take that $25 yeah, million, and we're right. taking your draft picks, Yes, which they don't want to give no, up right and now.
1: And that's what I'm saying. So what's the rush? You're not going to win anyway. Just yeah. hold on to these guys for a little bit. Clarkson might be your best player. You might get a better deal in a year. Well, and when see you, where when you you're get.
2: trading an expiring, yes. well, if you wait a year, he'd still have one year left on the deal, but he's only one year he's, and 12 and a half. He's,
1: he's average, But next year at this time, I'm guessing Clarkson, if, if they give him the playing time he deserves, he should be averaging about 23 points a game. Yeah, I mean, he's a pretty good player. Julius Randle's a double-double guy. And you talk about getting rid of those two guys. You just got Julius Randle. Yeah. You know I mean? Julius Randle just came a few years ago. Remember he missed the very first game of his rookie season. He yeah. busted his leg, missed the whole yeah. year. He's a young guy with not a lot of miles on him. Why are we dumping him so fast? I, I, I'm 100% fine with let's go ahead and, and get Kawhi Leonard down the road and Klay Thompson.
2: I, I wonder if the Warriors will let Clay Thompson out. I do think you have a very legit shot at getting Kawhi. Yeah, I think a, Kawhi getting out of San Antonio to say, you know what, uh, whatever's going on there, there's something going on
1: there. It's weird. It is weird.
2: And what do you make uh, of the – because we won't be back – I think
1: LeBron mid- ends up in Houston, by the way. I still say he ends up in Houston with Chris Paul and James Harden. That's I his want, best chance to win.
2: I wonder how LeBron takes it, too, that all of a sudden he had been thought of as the guy that they were all going to chase, and now yeah. teams are like, you know what, man, it may be better
1: right? 34 years old,
2: man. The Hosmer, J.D. Yeah. Martinez – Jake Arietta thing, and obviously LeBron's at a yep. higher level than those guys. We get that. But if you determine, I wonder as a player, man, if they, uh, what that would mean to LeBron if he starts realizing that maybe the Lakers or the Clippers aren't as interested because their goal is set on the new generation coming one year behind you in Kawhi and Klay Thompson. How does your ego handle that?
1: Yeah, I'm sure it's not going to go the way he wants it. He is right now still the best player in the league. By the way, they blew a 21-point lead to the Magic tonight. Wow. I mean, how does that happen? They're a complete fucking mess.
2: And what about Josh
1: McDaniels today? And so Josh McDaniels' move was very interesting for a number of reasons. Do you think he?
2: a lot of people are calling him out? Do you think he's a punk? Do you think he fucked over the Colts?
1: Well, remember when Bill Belichick, because we used to keep the post picture in our office. Belichick. Belichick. You remember that? And so you're like, this is horseshit. When you watch the two bills, it kind of explained things, yeah, a little bit more. But I, I kind of admire Robert Kraft a little bit for fucking this up for the Colts. Yep. Because Ursay was such a big voice on the whole Deflate yep. Gate and going after the Patriots, and he stuck it to him. He got him back. Yep. He kind of stuck it right back to him. The Colts, according to NFL GMs, have the worst roster in the NFL. You don't know if Andrew Luck's ever going to yep. be the same. And player for player, they have a terrible roster. So if I was Josh McDaniels, um, I think it's the, the best move. I'm sure he, number one, doubled his money to stay at the Patriots. Two is he doesn't have to move his family. And and three, I bet there's something written in that contract when Belichick retires, it's his team. Well, I'll say Tom this,
2: and, and I saw other people say it. I'm not the first to say it. Full credit goes to Mike Florio. Mike Florio, I was paying attention to. That fucking guy is so he good. He good. And Florio said something on the pregame show Sunday, where he said, I'm just letting you know, Matt Patricia has made it known to the Patriots that he is taking the job in Detroit. Josh McDaniel has not done the same. Yep. And he was on yesterday with Dan and talked about McDaniels and they said, hey, is he going or is he not going? He said the same thing. He goes, all I'm telling you is what I said was there was something fishy going on there. Fuck it, man. I, I, you don't owe shit to the Indianapolis Colts. You know who you got to go back and look at? You got to go back and look at your wife and your kids. Yep. You ultimately owe it to your family to do what the right move is. They're comfortable. It's what we talked about with free agents a couple weeks ago, Dave. Are your kids happy here? Apparently, from what they said today, his family loves it in Boston. They're established there. And I wonder if, if that team had won. What Gronkowski, what Brady, what Belichick would have done. Hell, what Josh McDaniel would have done. But the idea you lose, and you kind of lose in the way you did. Patricia's out. That defense, Malcolm Butler or no Malcolm Butler, was a little fucked up. Yeah. But now you look at it and you go, can we fucking get this shit together for one more year? Can we get one more year out of Gronkowski, one more year out of Brady, one more year out of Belichick? Can we fucking make a run at it next
1: According year? According to Vegas, they're the favorite to win it all. Yeah, Amendola, you get yeah. Edelman back, you get right? Get Edelman back. And Brandon Cooks,
2: Brandon Cooks back, and you try to fucking shore up some shit on that team. I don't know, man, but fuck it, you gotta do what's right for your family. I don't, I don't have any issues
1: with uh, him. I don't all. either. Last thing I want to say is the Philadelphia fans completely embarrassed themselves, just like we knew they would. Yeah, the guy that leans over because he can't get horse shit on his scarf. Do you see that he leans over, then he pulls his head back, has to wrap his scarf around his neck because he can't have his the horse the scarf touch the horse shit. Then he eats the horse shit. And you're like, man, these guys are the biggest pigs ever. The I, naked lady dancing in the street. I saw that lady. Oh my gosh, man! These Philadelphia fans completely did what we thought they would do—embarrassed themselves in the city. Dude, yeah,
2: you calm down. You're not New York, okay? <laughs> calm you're, down. You'll never you, be. You're in Cleveland here, Cincinnati. <laughs> you'll never be Philadelphia. Is, and here, Philadelphia is such a fucking cool city. It is such a cool fucking oh city. I just, yeah. But their sports talk is a bunch of fucking. But, you know what, Dave? We'll finish it this way. I, I said it. I, I said this story a month ago, but we'll repeat it. I went to Sporting News and I did a show with a guy named Bob Berger. And Bob Berger is so fucking funny. He's the guy who said, hey, you know what? Don't fuck up the update guy, okay? When we throw <laughs> to San Diego and Dave Palais at the Charger game, don't fucking say it's Chargers 24, Raiders 13. Dave's there. You say, Dave, what's going on in the game? And I go, yeah, I fucking get it. I've done the joke. <laughs> and he goes, uh, every station has a fucking asshole in it. And he goes, this station, it's that guy. He points at <laughs> Peter Brown on the air. Peter Brown had no fucking clue. It was great. Now, I don't know. I never asked what their relation. Peter Brown was fucking this nice station shit. station, it's
1: that guy. He points right at yeah,
2: him. Yeah, they could have been just friends like yeah. me would point at you or yeah. whatever. I have no idea. 'Cause like I said, I met Peter so Brown funny. later, who'd been on ESPN radio forever. Fuck, he was cool as shit. But but <laughs> it's just it it's that kind of thing, man, where they where they go crazy and they go nuts. Yeah. Every city, like every station or every league, needs an asshole. Yeah. You need it. You need it for color. Not everybody can be fucking Indianapolis, right? Not everybody wants to be like the girl said today on on Twitter. Who's from Philadelphia? and they they took offense because they said, oh, look at, these are the Philadelphia fans riding. Oh, I'm sorry. this was San Francisco, or this was Vancouver or any other fucking city, Boston, where they went crazy yep. when their team won. but I, I just think it's easy. I agree with the dudes from Philadelphia who said, yeah, we got fucking idiots here. We got idiots in every city, but it's just—it's such a cop out to just blame the entire city. Philly's a great fucking.
1: Oh my god, the Philly fans between eating the horse shit, punching the horses, and the two guys that stole the horses was crazy. I mean, that—that's yeah. a little different than Detroit. Uh, that's, that's that's a little different. Detroit,
2: but, the craziest shit was '84. The bus. When they are flipping the bus over, yeah. yeah, fuck. I I don't That's get. Insane. We're gonna celebrate by burning the and neighborhood and down.
1: And get the L.A. riots when we're so pissed off the way we're yeah. being treated. We're gonna ruin our own neighborhood.
2: If they okay, let's just say this right now. Hypothetically, yeah. If the Padres win the World Series, what fucking neighborhood are we burning down?
1: <laughs> Can't burn down. <laughs> well, San you, you and I. B. Obviously,
2: they'd be looking for me and I. B.
1: <laughs> they'd
2: be looking for me and I. B. Well, where, where are we going? We're not burning down La Jolla, Del Mar, Coronado. No. Or, we can't burn down Salon Beach. That's where Coach lives. Don't <laughs> burn down my neighborhood, huh? Um, fuck! You're not hitting Cardiff, Antonitos. No, we're not burning look, anything. Ocean Side looks better. I tell uh, you what, I
1: think we'd behave here. I think I, I think this would be one of those where we wouldn't get crazy. We well, would probably burn down Vista. <laughs> It's a long drive, though, from Petco to no go and burn down Vista.
2: No Yeah, we're not burning down Fallbrook. Yeah. That's too far out. We'll probably take AC out if we burn down Fallbrook. We're lazy. We're not doing anything of this stuff. Yeah, town. fuck it. We'll set our trash can <laughs> on fire. And then we'll put it out ourselves. Then we'll
1: put it out with our martinis.
2: Yeah. Uh, that's it. It's fucking late. I got to get go. up in the morning.
1: All right. It's 1039.
2: Jesus Christ. <laughs> All right. Fuck. We'll see you guys next Later. week.
0: I call, see you on TV, since that shit done change Ever since we was on, I dreamed it all Ever since I was young, they said I will not be nothing Now they always say congratulations Worked so hard, forgot how to vacation They ain't never had the dedication People hate me, say we changing, look, we made it Yeah, we made it I was never friendly, yeah Now I'm jumping out of Bentley, yeah And I know I sound dramatic, yeah But I knew I had to have it, yeah For the money, I'm a savage, yeah I be itchin' like I had it, yeah I'm surrounded, 20 bad bitches, yeah But they didn't know me last year, yeah Everyone wanna act like they ain't party But all that mean nothing when I saw my door, yeah Everyone counting on me, drop the ball, yeah Everything custom like I'm at the bottom Yeah, yeah If you fuck with winning Put your lightest to the sky How could I make sense when I got millions on my mind Coming with that bullshit I just put it Bought a sense of baby, they could see it in my eye. My mama called, seen you on TV, sunset said shit done change. Ever since we was on, I dreamed it all Ever since I was young, they said I will not be nothing Now they always say congratulations Worked so hard, I forgot how to vacation They ain't never had the dedication People hate and say we are and look we made it. Yeah, we made it. Yeah, I was patient. Yeah, oh. I was patient. Now I can scream that we made it. We made it. Now everywhere, everywhere I go they say congratulations. Young nigga, young nigga graduation yeah. I pick up the rock and I ball, baby ball. I'm looking for someone to call, baby uh. But right now I got a situation uh. Never old Ben, being Franklin Big rings, champagne. champagne My life is like a ball game, ball game. But instead, I'm in a trap, though Paso Big, call it Super Bowl Super Bowl, Bowl. caught the hoes Get in the rose Top-flow lifestyle Hot-cho and post yeah. uh. Malone uh. I gotta play on my phone uh. You know what I'm on. Hunter Houdini, is gone. Aye. My mama calls, see you on TV. sunset said shit don't change. Ever since we was on, I dreamed it all. Ever since I was young, they said I wouldn't be nothing. Now they always say congratulations. Worked so hard for how to vacation. They ain't never had the dedication. People Hey, say we change and look, we made it. yeah, we made it.